know Your ass better call somebody Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Redhead Zone proudly brings to you the, the new age football. I'm Jay. He's the Gridiron G. Dustin. Dustin, we're supposed to do it at the same time, man. What happened there? I don't know. I buckled under the pressure, man. Jeez, man. All right. We'll get it the next time. I, uh, you see, if you see it on YouTube, Dustin's got his Juju shirt on. We'll talk about the Steelers. I got my macho, macho man. Oh, he, was at the, he was at the draft. That's, and he, they had a big special on A&E this week. Did you see that? You got you to see the special about him. I know there's an A&E series that I do want to watch. Yeah, it's, that's a must watch. Uh, I felt like he was a little disrespected. So I'm wearing his tank top. And I'm also really? showing off my guns because if you look at our, uh, our logo for the New Age Footballers, uh, Dustin gave me really skinny legs. So now I'm working on my arms to show everyone what it's all about. So that's where we're at. Dustin, the draft finally happened. We were waiting for it. We watched it unfold. Some good stuff, some bad stuff. More excited to talk about the bad stuff. But today we're going to go through the AFC draft. Uh, so I can't wait to do that. But first and foremost, let's talk a few headlines. I guess we have to start with Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's talking about it. You know, I, I encourage anyone that's listening to this to go back and listen to our pod episode on the NFC North and what we had to say about Aaron Rodgers there because clearly Aaron Rodgers was listening and he just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, but this was easy to see coming. Uh, so Rodgers doesn't want to play for them anymore. Dustin, the story gets worse and worse by the day. Did you see he was telling free agents that he's not going to be there? He clearly wants out. I don't see him playing there. Uh, this is not good. Um, I have a question for you. Do you think Tom Brady going to the Bucks and doing what he did in winning a Super Bowl has affected Aaron Rodgers' mindset and seeing, like, he thinks he could probably go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl? Good question. You know, I, I like it just like because it's fun to talk about. But honestly, I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers has been unhappy in Green Bay since before Brady even thought of leaving New England. I think he was hoping for a change when McCarthy was out and they brought in Gutkunst, the new general manager. And I think it's just more of the same. If not, it's even worse with just their you know, communication with Aaron Rodgers, you know, clearly goes beyond just drafting. Uh, Jordan Love in the first round last year. There, there's just been so many instances of disrespect to your franchise quarterback. Uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably a dick. But that being said, that dick is the greatest quarterback on the planet right now. And you just can't – he's the best quarterback on the planet right now. And and you, but, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, all right, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's definitely – Fine. But you can't do that to your guy that is your only shot at winning another Super Bowl. And they haven't said anything to, like, show that this is, like, a battle. They just haven't done anything that he's – anything that he's wanted. 
Oh, I think I this might get real ugly. No, I think this is this could get real. I, I think this actually could result in Aaron Rodgers not playing this year, which I really hope that doesn't happen. I actually, I actually think he might retire. Well, that's what I, I think it's going to be a Carson Palmer situation. I think he's going to retire. He'll go host Jeopardy. And then finally, next year, the Packers will be like, yeah, screw him. Let's let him sit out. And when he's 38 years old, sure, we'll trade him for a first-round pick uh, out of the conference. I know Denver would be looking at him. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. I think Denver was looking at him while they were drafting because, I, you know, we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll, I'll save it for that. You know, because uh, uh, we're in New York, so a lot of the, we see a lot of the New York media and all that stuff. They asked David Gettleman uh, if he was interested in getting involved in the Aaron Rodgers, you know, and he said that's none of his that's none of the Giants business. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, winning your job. But you know what? I think you are uh, a GM, that's kind of your job. Yeah, kind of your job to win football games and bring in good players. I, I think I don't blame him though, because I think the Packers are probably about to file some tampering charges against certain teams. I am sure teams reached out to Rodgers and that is not allowed. So I'm sure Gettleman was just trying to I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pretend to know what Gettleman was thinking. Uh, but, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think this is going to get a lot uglier before it gets better. It certainly seems like a divorce is just going to be best for all parties here. I mean, it's not really best for the Packers, but they're, they're just, we're just too far down this road. It's There's just no turning back at this point. I don't think he plays another down for the Packers. They just released his best friend on the team, and they say that's the final nail in the coffin. Jake Kumaro was released. Uh, that happened now? I thought that happened in the middle of last year, and that's why he was so pissed. No, I heard it, uh, I heard it yesterday. No, I think they released him in the middle of the season, and it was the day after Rodgers praised him, saying, I, I really like where this kid's going. Where's he going? I, I don't know, but you know, like... I know. I, I, you got to talk to Aaron Rodgers about that. And again, Aaron Rodgers, you're not the general manager, but I just feel like the team wasn't even trying to... Uh, have the type of relationship with Aaron Rodgers that you should have with your Hall of Fame yeah. MVP quarterback. It's, it's crazy because now you have him, Russell Wilson, well, Tom Brady last year, Deshaun Watson. These are like Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they all want out. Yeah, it's, it's a different era. You never really see that. I mean, never you never really that. saw these great quarterbacks play for another team, maybe at the very end of their career like Brady, but you just don't see this every day. And uh, look, it's it's a new era of sports. I think if you're a great enough player, you just have a lot more leverage in these types of situations. And teams are going to have to coddle these kind of players to make sure that they stay. It's the unfortunate reality. The late great owner of the Tennessee Titans did say you can't – no, it, wasn't, it was the Texans' late owner. Uh, I forget his name. So you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Oh my God! You can't even don't even say that. That was the worst thing ever. And he had to sell the team because of that, or soon after that. I mean, this is oh disgusting comment. But yeah, that's look. This is I think that's the way. Unfortunately, a lot of the way this is how a lot of the teams look at their players. And I think there's a lot of egos here, and and the ego of Good Kunst and the brain trust in Green Bay said this guy does not run our franchise. But guess what, guys? He he kind of does. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. So yeah. he doesn't run the franchise, but he's certainly high up on the pecking order. And uh, how, how is it possible that they have a draft room and they all decided to make the selection they made with the circumstances at hand 
of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. It just blows my mind. Like, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about the Packers draft. We are on the AFC today, but man, that's, that's one team I can't wait to talk about. There's another team that I haven't been able to talk about for a few episodes because they didn't have a first round pick and yeah. I can't wait to talk about the poop show, but uh, we have one more headline. Uh, I know this pains you Dustin and me because you and I were pretty excited about the Denver roster and still am, but Jawan James, uh, what was it, Achilles or his Achilles. Uh, tore his Achilles uh, working out away from the team? They're saying he may be able to be back before the end of the year. So I don't know if it's not a complete tear no or what the situation is. Uh, devastating for the team, devastating for Jawan James, who hasn't gotten to play football in so long and clearly was working out, trying to get in shape for the season. You know, uh, one thing I have to add is that when Adam Schefter tweeted this, in the same message that he said he tore his Achilles, uh, Schefter said that because he was working out away from the team, they don't have to pay him his salary. Now, Shefty is doing his job. I'm not going to uh, rail on him for putting that in the same tweet, even though I didn't think that was great. But Broncos, don't do that, right? They, they, they have to pay him, right? Uh, it's not He's our working. decision. He's working out to make your team better away from the team. Or he's working out just to get Jack, but. He, which will help the team. And he's, he's on that yeah. Dustin program and he couldn't I mean, keep up. That sucks. It sucks because this team went through this last year with the unfortunate news in the offseason from Von Miller. And here we go again. This team has so much potential and their roster is so stacked and they just can't get over this injury bug. The luck has been awful for them. Uh, it sucks in so many ways for Juwan James, for the team, just everything. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It does suck. Denver Broncos, hey, that man. He was working out away from the team to try to be a contributor this year. Don't fault him for trying to make your team better. I, I, I feel very strongly about that. But uh, such is life. We move on. Let's start grading these teams, shall we? Yeah. So before we do, I actually want to talk about uh, something I put a lot of work into before this episode. And so I hope I refer to it more than just now. We'll see because we, we talk and move pretty fast here. But I went through and I compiled the amount of snaps that players play uh, after they get drafted for, you know, I did like a five-year stretch. And what I have here, it doesn't necessarily tell you if someone's a plus starter. But what I have here is a chart of what positions play a lot of snaps if drafted in the first round through the seventh round. And then using that, I'm also able to see the percentage chance of each round that you're going to have a guy that plays a lot of snaps. That's a little confusing. So let me just dumb it down here for a second and say it like this. If you're picked in the first round, the odds over five years have been that there's a 65% chance that you're a player that will play more than the average amount of snaps, as, a, as a, a, probably as a starter. So, I mean, I say snaps because you could be a backup that gets a lot of snaps, but 65%, pretty high. I don't think the hit rate is that high. I think first round picks get a lot more, uh, a lot longer of a leash to prove themselves because they were first round picks. So probably I think that number is probably closer to like 55% that you're hitting the first round, but 65% plays a lot of snaps. Second round drops to 44%. 44% of the draft picks will play more than the average snaps at your position. Third round drops all the way to 28%. Fourth round, 20%. But I want to add that from the fourth round on, the tight end position 
is at about 30%, which is keeping these averages way higher than they really are. And the reason for that is because tight ends play a lot of special teams. So 20%, it drops to in the fourth round. But if you take out the tight ends, it's like 10%. And it gets worse from there. Fifth round is 13%, but that includes 32% for tight ends. Then 9%, then 5% in the seventh round. So why am I going through this? My big point is I always feel like, look, after the third round, you take your big producers, even though maybe they're not the physical freaks, or you take the physical freaks, even though they weren't big producers, they're dart throws. If you hit on them, that's awesome. But no team really hits on those picks consistently. Uh, Dustin's making a face, but but it's it's very hard to hit on those picks consistently. The first three rounds, you have to get plus starters. That's how you succeed in the NFL. If you if you hit on your first two draft picks in the first two rounds and you fail on the rest of them, you're going to have a Super Bowl roster if you do that a few years in a row. So that's my long tangent. Hey, I'm the stat man. Yeah, and I, you know, hitting on day one is important, but most importantly, hitting on day two will make or break a team. Absolutely. Uh, and then if you get the diamonds in the rough, it makes Bonus. all the You know what round Tom Brady was drafted? Yeah, we all know what round Tom Brady was drafted in. We know what he looked like without a shirt on draft day. We know he slumps his shoulders. I don't care. All right, hey, would well, you, do you know what round you, Richard Sherman was drafted? Was he undrafted? No. Fifth round. I was thinking James Harrison was undrafted. He was a fifth rounder. So, look, yeah, look, they're there. And I'm sure we can name a bunch more. Antonio but, Brown was drafted in the sixth round. Yeah, Antonio Brown's a late one, too. But, you know, listen, yes, they are there. So teams, like, don't give up. Don't throw a dart. Like, do your homework. But it, it's just very hard to hit on those. Well, the thing is, a lot of those – like, Tom Brady, uh, if, if uh, Drew Bledsoe didn't get destroyed, I forget who did it. Well, you should know that. It was the Jets. It was. Yes, was it John was. Abraham? That sack, I think no, it wasn't John Abraham. I It's escaping me right now. It was not Abraham, but it was another great linebacker for the Jets before Abraham. Well, anyway, uh, if that doesn't happen, we may never see Mo, uh Mo... Mo Lewis. Mo Lewis. Mo Lewis did it. And the same thing for Damn the Steelers. Same, same, same thing for the Steelers. Uh, Terrell Suggs nailed Tommy Maddox. And oh, Tommy Maddox. XFL became star. Big Ben. And yeah, then, but Big Bad was always going to get the chance to start. With Tom Brady, oh, you never know if he was going to get that chance. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So, uh, all right, man, listen, I can't wait anymore. We watched the draft. I ate, of, I ate a lot of Taco Bell during the draft, as promised. I had the cheesy gordita crunch, extra spicy ranch sauce. I had a chicken quesadilla, extra sauce. I tried the, uh, the what, what's it called? Like the quesalupa. I don't know. It's all the same. Good. Just mix it up together. Put it, in it, it was good. Mouth. It wasn't great. The first two, though, mwah, perfect. What'd you eat during the draft? I had a seafood boil. Whoa, you had a seafood boil for the draft? My hands got real dirty. Yeah, well, so did some, of these tail, te- so did some of these teams. Lobster tail, mussels. There was, like, potatoes in there, crawfish, shrimp. It was awesome. All right, I'm coming to your place next draft. That works for me. Well, I'll probably still order Taco Bell. Who am I kidding? Throw that in there, too. All right, man. Speaking of just deliciousness, oh, you're going to hate this. We're going to go in alphabetical order. I'm starting with the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC. And I mean delicious. 
this was one of my favorite drafts in the NFL. I'll go through some of them quickly. They took wide receiver Rashad Bateman with their first first round pick. They took Jason Owe out of Penn State. I can never say his last name right. Uh, with their second first round pick, Ben Cleveland, interior offensive lineman in the third, uh, Brandon Stevens in the fourth, Tylen Wallace in the fourth, Sean Wade in the fifth. That's a corner. They took uh, an edge and fullback to finish it out. What do you think of their draft, Dustin? Uh, I think what the Ravens were trying to do was they were trying to go with uh, more like a high risk, high re- uh, high risk, high reward type of approach with the Jason Owe pick in the first round, and they also did it later in the draft with Sean Wade at Ohio State, who was, who was supposed to be projected. He was supposed to project as a first round corner, but he got pretty much manhandled in the Big Ten conference and never lived up to the hype. I don't really see him playing outside too much because his tape showed awful. That, that's why he got so bad that next year in college. Yeah. He, was, he was a great slot corner. Then uh, those guys moved on to the NFL. They moved him outside, and he just got demolished. Uh, I like the pick that they made in the third round with Ben Cleveland out of Georgia. I think he he's – He's my favorite pick for the Ravens uh, as a whole. I know, obviously, the Rashad Bateman and Jason Owe actually wants to go by Adafi. Uh, whatever, that's his name now. Adafi Owe from Penn State. But uh, I'll start with Rashad Bateman. He uh, he was actually a – he got a bunch of scholarships for basketball, so that's always transitioned well in the NFL with some players like Antonio Gates and some other players in the league. But he's the total package for a receiver. Uh, he's tall. He's a, he's a great deep threat. He's a good possession receiver. Uh, he breaks tackles with ease. So that's that was a good pick by them. And I wasn't a fan of the Doffy Oway pick out of Penn State only because the production didn't really show in college. This guy is just an athletic freak. And if you watch his film, uh, it's basically everything he's produced on film was basically because of his athleticism. He, has, he does not have the tools yet. Uh, he's a raw project, so he's going to need the coaching. And Baltimore usually, you know, handles these types of picks well. Uh, but the Ben Cleveland pick was probably my favorite pick for them. When offense, when they get an interior lineman like that, he's nasty and can play the guard position quick, and the size is perfect for their for their scheme fit. It usually works out. So, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, my thoughts on it, if, if you went back, uh, if you listened to our mock draft podcast, I said it's, I understand the Ravens wanting two first-round picks because they really need an edge rusher. They, they have to get one, but they really want a receiver. And they got both. They, they got Bateman, who was really consensus top five on, I'm pretty sure, all big boards. You know, I think he's a great fit with them. I think that while he can you know, hit some plays deep. He is that possession receiver, which is a perfect complement to Hollywood uh, on the deep threat on the other side. So I think that for him to be that intermediate option, other than uh, Andrews at the tight end position, you know, he could catch the ball close to Lamar Jackson as Lamar Jackson's rolling out. He can break tackles. He could take a lot of pressure off Marquise Brown uh, running deep. So I think it's a great fit for them. You know, the uh, Adafi Ole pick, I, I, I agree with you, but I think that this was a perfect landing spot for him. I mean, the Ravens have just constantly drafted and turned out these edge rushers that get huge contracts, either with the Ravens or elsewhere. So I'm just not really going to doubt them until they 
mess that up, which, which they just don't. Uh, I think it was, so I think that was a good pick for them. You know, I think they have the right scheme and, you know, some other good players in that defense that will allow Duffy to come in and, and grow there. Ben Cleveland, I love that pick. I did not know the Jets were going to go interior line in the first round, which we'll talk about later. But if not, I really wanted Ben Cleveland. So, you know, like I said, those first three rounds are so crucial. And I think they put themselves in a really good position with these three players. So the rest we'll see. I think uh, Tylon Wallace was a value pick, the receiver from Oklahoma State. Uh, we already talked about Sean Wade. Hey, if they can make him a successful nickel corner, great. And uh, you're going to laugh at me, but Ben Mason, the fullback they took in the fifth, really wanted the Jets to get him, man. I was actually, yeah, the Jets really need a fullback for their offensive scheme they're running. And I thought maybe they there's would like, take him. There's like five teams in the league that still have a fullback. Yeah, and the Jets are going to be one of them. So I figured, like, yeah, take this guy in the seventh round. The, the Ravens already have, like, two good fullbacks on the team. I can't believe they did this. So, you know, whatever, I like him, but, you know, it's a seventh, it's a fifth round fullback. Who, who really cares? I know you graded all these teams. Did you use your bias when you graded this team? Because I'm giving no, this team an A. I didn't. What'd you give it? I'm just saying, I didn't do the grades, but I'm giving oh. them an A. Yeah, I did not give them an A. I, I, I mean, I get the Bateman pick. I, I probably would have maybe went a different route. And took a receiver later uh, simply because this was a deep receiving class, but I get the pick. Uh, I don't really like the Adolfo away pick from Penn State. Uh, it's too much of a risk for me for a team that's in need of a pass rush. I would have rather maybe looked at like a Gregory Rosal or someone else or maybe later. I probably would have addressed the offensive line. Not knowing they, you know, they did sign Matt Filer, so they patched up their right tackle. But there were some players on the board that, you know, I probably would have taken, maybe like Tevin Jenkins or something like that. The Ben Cleveland pick, the Ben Cleveland pick actually made this a little better for me, so I gave him a B minus. Oh, you're so biased. This was. A I'm great not. I mean, I see everyone else giving grades, and every, literally everyone has an A. You can't do that. I don't like the Adopio away pick. The wide receiver class was was deep. I thought, you know, Fair enough. when you when you trade a player like, you know, Orlando Brown and you get that second pick in the first round, I would have liked to see them go a different route with two players that would have made the team, you know, much better. That's just my opinion. Yeah, worth noting, by the way, they did not draft a tackle and they're going to sign one now to play that right tackle position. Yeah, That's they already nice. signed him. I think he signed a three-year deal. Villanueva, they signed him. That's it? Oh, so there yeah. you go. Yeah, I'm going to put the Ravens in my good draft pile of my notes here because I want to circle back at the end and see who we think had the best draft. Okay, next up, the Buffalo Bills. You know I love this team, even though I'm a Jets fan. Uh, I, I really liked how their draft started. I'll go through it real quick. First round pick, edge rusher, Gregory Rousseau. Second round pick, edge rusher, Carlos Basham. Third round offensive tackle, Spencer Brown. Fifth round offensive tackle, Tommy Doyle. Uh, and the sixth round wide receiver, Marquez Stevenson. They had a few more sixth round picks, safety corner, and then an interior offensive lineman in seventh. Let's focus on the good stuff here. Buffalo Bills, if you listen to our AFC East podcast episode, we said this is a really complete team. So I think a team like the Bills could have gone best player available. But if there was one need, we said that they really need it's edge players, and they took two pretty good ones back-to-back. -back. I did not like their draft. I, I 
thought they played way too conservative with this draft. Uh, drafting one edge rusher, I'm okay with. But drafting two in the first two rounds, I think that was a big whiff on their part. Gregory Rosal is, is kind of a raw project, too. He sat out last year like a lot of players did. Uh, he's a bit of a question mark in a sense. You know, Jalen Phillips was the guy out of Miami that, you know, was was the was the key player on defensive ends for me. Uh, that probably helped Rosal a little bit get the numbers that he did. And then they double dipped with Boogie Basham, who's, you know, he's he's a nice player, good size and everything. I really thought they should have went interior offensive lineman. I thought Landon Dickerson would have been a great pick for them. Yeah. Uh, that's the yeah. player that can really anchor your offensive line, which needs work. It's one of the only uh, weak, weak spots in this team that, you know, moving forward. I really would have liked them to do something like that. I, I you know, I don't really love the first and second round picks. And then they went even, they drafted uh, Marcus, Marquis Stevenson, I think it was. Yeah, in the sixth round. So he he he's just, he's like a special teamer. So when you see picks like that, it, this is a you saw what they did in free agency. They really wanted to stay home with their team, what they had. They signed all their players back, and these picks to me are just very conservative. We know um, Sean McDermott loves to rotate the line. That's what this is. He's going to rotate Ro uh, Rosal and Basham, and if one of them becomes an elite edge rusher, fine. But I just wouldn't have double dipped here. I would have went. You know, I would have went an interior lineman like a like like I said with uh, Landon Dickerson or a player like Landon Dickerson later in the draft, which is usually when those guys go, because Landon Dickerson has the pedigree to literally become like a Jason Kelsey type player who's the best center in football, and that's the type of leadership that you grow in a locker room and it takes you to, you know to the promised land. That's what Kelsey did with the Eagles. I hear you. I, I think they needed more than one uh, edge rusher from when we analyzed their roster last. Yes, I agree with you. Taking the back-to-back -back edge rushers is, you, you know, interesting. It's pretty conservative. I think that's a good word for it. But, you know, I think this team could didn't need to be aggressive. I think they have a Super Bowl roster. Like you said, they like to rotate the guys a lot. If they're both good, great. If one of them's good, fine. You know, uh, I, I can't give them an A because I agree with you that they oh, really no. needed – some interior but, offensive line. And also and, they could have Cole Beasley's getting older and he had knee injuries. Like they could have even went slot receiver. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, Marquez Stevenson in the sixth is an interesting pick in that I actually think he's not just a special teamer. I think he's going to see the field. I'm not saying he's going to be a player. What I'm saying is that this kid can absolutely fly. I think he's one of the fastest players in the draft. They're going to just throw him out there and have him run those go routes for Josh Allen. And if he runs by someone, Josh Allen will throw it to him. But more likely, he's clearing out for the other guys. I actually think that in the second half of the season, we're going to see him get some snaps as that clear-out guy, which, you know, they have a lot of interesting players on their team, but they don't have that. So, again, I'm not saying he's Will Fuller by any means or anything like that. But uh, I think it was an interesting pick for this offense to try to get it a little more vertical, create more space, uh, you know, uh, in the intermediate, deep intermediate part of the field. So, overall, what's your grade? I gave them a C. All right. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll see how Gregory Rosau – listen, if Gregory Rosau and Basham both turn out to be good edge rushers, yeah. great. You know, I, like, listen, I have nothing against Gregory Rosau. I actually was more of a believer than most people were. I actually like his run defense. He's long. He's, he holds the edge well. Uh, I just – you know, to take two defensive 
edge rushers in back-to-back rounds. That's just not what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm moving on. The Cincinnati Bengals were hitting another AFC North team. Ah, Bengals, I have really conflicted feelings about your draft. The first round, Jamar Chase, LSU receiver. Second round, Jackson Carmen after a trade back that I'm going to talk about in a minute, offensive tackle. Uh, third round, Joseph Asai, edge rusher, good value. You know, after that, they took a uh, edge player and an interior defensive line in their two of their three fourth round picks. They took another offensive tackle. They took my Florida kicker in the fifth round, Evan McPherson, who's a great kicker, but like, come on, guys. And uh, whatever. They have a, a few sixth and seventh round picks. If you guys turn out to be stars, I apologize for not saying your names. All that, right. Is that kicker Let's, good? He's, he's really good, actually. Um, there's a viral video of him. I don't know if it's real, but he has a Gatorade uh, bottle balancing on the top of the crossbar, and the top must have been loosened, and he kicks it, and the ball just hits the bottle so that the top comes off the Gatorade bottle. Really? I can't, I don't know if that's real. It kind of looks like one of those Nike commercials from years ago for fantasy football okay. where, you know, all the crazy stuff was happening. They're kicking it over houses and stuff like that. But if it's real, whatever, he's a good kicker for Florida. Let's stop talking about the fifth round kicker. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the fact that, you know, I said in our, after our mock draft episode where we gave them Panay Sewell, we did an episode after that, just last thoughts leading up to the draft. And I said, I have a feeling I can't shake that they're going to pass on Sewell and take Jamar Chase. And you know what, Dustin? You you said you hated it then. And by draft night, I came around. I said, you know what? Take Jamar Chase. He's a great talent. He's yeah. going to play great with Burrow. And there's enough off- offensive tackles that if you take a tackle at pick 36 uh, or whatever pick they were, you're, well, it was supposed to be in the early 30s you're going to get a good one. And they took Jamar Chase, and I said, okay, this could go their way. Dustin, in the second round when they were on the clock, Tevin Jenkins was there. Uh, there, were, there, was other, there was another tackle that went right after Tevin Jenkins, whose name is escaping me right now. He was there. But right before Tevin Jenkins was picked, they got cute, and they traded back. And then they forced this Jackson Carmen pick. Who, what, did they get? what did they get for the pick, you know? I don't know, but it wasn't a first or second rounder. It was like a, you know, look, they, they had three fourth round picks. So it was probably a fourth rounder to move back a few spots. And then right after they trade back, it goes back to back tackle. And I think they said, oh, bleep. And they, no, I, I think and they, they wanted Jackson. Oh, 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 I don't buy that at all. I think they wanted Tevin Jenkins. I think they wanted, I can't, it's bothering me that the tackle that went right after Tevin Jenkins, that's a good player. Um, they wanted one of those two guys. They're, of course, they're going to say that they wanted Jackson Carmen this whole time. In fairness, he was supposed to be a second rounder. I'm okay with it. I just feel like I feel like they messed this up. I feel like they could have gotten two first round talents in Jamar Chase and Tevin Jenkins, and they didn't do it. They definitely messed this up. I mean, you had Penay Sewell sitting there at five. I get you wanted to pair Burrow with Jamar Chase, but that was not your need. Your need was an offensive lineman and Penay Sewell. Listen, I'm not going to tell you what Panay Sewell's projections are. Everyone knows that already. And you Ian saw Eichenberg, the, that's who got drafted right after Tevin Jenkins. I'm sorry. Yes. You know the Lions, you saw the Lions war room, how excited they were when they got Sewell. <laughs> that was you great. guys let him go. And for, for, again, the wide receiver class in this draft is deep. 
You didn't have to make that pick. You have Tyler Boyd. You just drafted T. Higgins. I mean, it's just I get that they match, you know, Burrow with, with Jamar Chase, which is great. But the more important thing was to protect your quarterback. Joe Burrow is is has the chance to be an all-world talent in the NFL, and you literally almost ended his career last year. If that doesn't force you to make the right pick, then I don't know what else can. Moving on from that, I really think they took Jamar Chase because the guy that they wanted was Jackson uh, Carmen from Clemson. Now, no, where he didn't go to Clemson. Then he went to uh, he went to Clemson. He went to Clemson. So <clears throat> he grew. I, I believe he he's from uh, Cincinnati. I believe he's a hometown guy. And I think that this guy has been scouted by this by the Bengals scouts for years and years, and that's the guy they wanted. I actually believe that. So that's why I think that's why they passed on Panay uh, Sewell in the top five. And listen, I hope it doesn't work out for them because I'm a Steeler fan. But I, I hey, if it does, then kudos to them for making a very very bold move. It's just not a move I would have made if I was in charge of this draft. I mean, you saw the scar on this kid's leg. It's pretty scary. Yeah, Don Barrow's leg. Uh, that that went viral, and it's a pretty hideous scar. And it's a scar on the Bengals organization that they let that happen to that offensive line. You know, look, if they took Sewell in the first round and they took the best available receiver in the second, turns out there were actually some pretty good receivers there, yeah. and we'll talk about that. But, you know, that would be fine. Everyone would be okay with that. So I think if they got Jamar Chase – I think if they got Tevin Jenkins or e even Eichenberg there, you know, I think those are solid players with a or good Brady chance for success. Brady Christensen, I really liked a lot. That would have made me feel a little bit better about the pick, but. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I, I think they were close to doing what they wanted to do. If, if Jackson Carmen was really the guy they wanted, then like you said, kudos to them and we'll see if it works out. But I love I'm, not even, I'm not even saying I don't like Carmen. I, I just feel like they could have stayed where they were and gotten a better tackle. So we'll see. Uh, third round, Joseph Asai was getting some real first round buzz. I think that was a great value. I love the pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good football player. He's got a motor that never turns off. He's what he's one of the better uh, off ball linebackers in this draft. I, I think he'll, you know, this is a linebacker is a position of need for this team for a very long time, uh, dating back to, geez, I don't even know who they had. Uh, Perfect was probably the last one. I, I was just going to say, how could you forget Perfect? You're wearing the shirt. And then, uh, so I think he'll, that was a good pick. He's got a lot of upside, and I like his style of play. Uh, they also drafted a 400-pound defensive tackle out of LSU and Tyler Shevlin. Uh, listen, he, he ain't going to play many snaps. I, I know he's had a lot of weight issues and maintaining weight. But, Damn, uh, 400 pounds? That's 400 crazy. Pounds. But yeah, he, has, he has trouble keeping weight down. I think he was at four 410 at one point. Man, I mean, talk about a space eater. But, yeah, it's how, many that, how athletic can you be at 400 pounds? You're not really going to be able to move around very much. You can be like Cartman out there. But um, Listen, I'm not going to knock the draft too much because Jamar Chase is, you know, he's, he kind of puts your grade out there. The Jackson Carmen pick is a, is a, you know, it's a question mark because no one really knows. They seem to think that they have a good uh, gauge on how good he could be. The Joseph Asai pick I really like a lot. 
and that kind of gave this team a B minus for me because of Jamar Chase's talent. You could have flipped it a different way. Carmen, like I said, is a question mark for me because I don't really know what he's capable of. I feel like the Bengals do. That's why they made the pick that they made, but I love the Joseph Asai pick, and I like the fat guy they drafted later. So. The fat man. Yeah, listen, I, I think this draft will ultimately be judged on Jackson Carmen's skill level versus uh, Eichenberg and Tevin Jenkins, who went before him, because I, just, I don't think they needed to do that trade back. You know, I mean, look, this is a, a bad roster, so they definitely need more players. But, like, you know, you need more players, and yet you're, you're taking a kicker with your fifth-round pick. I mean, again, it's a fifth-round pick. Go into my stats here. Whatever you draft the kicker, the kicker better be good. They better be good, right? And it's like, you know, you have, okay, fifth round, I have a 13% success rate, success rate meaning, you know, playing more than average snaps. Not very high, but with a roster with this many holes, I mean, just just get players in here and just do, get them all in here that you can and you take that 13% chance. It's a kicker. Like, you, you, you could find a kicker. It's a kicker. You know, I just... Yeah, I mean, you see teams with kicking problems, but I, I don't know, man. I just I, I can't support. Not easy to find a kicker, so that's why you shouldn't draft. Yeah, it's, it, I, I I wish I could see the stat on how many of these drafted kickers actually work out. Uh, because ask, ask Tampa Bay. Exactly. Ask the Jets. You know, it's it's we've all we've been there. So Bengals, I'm not putting you in my good draft column. Uh, Would you give them as a grade? I gave them a B minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to put them in my whatever pile. We are going to stick with the AFC North, Cleveland Browns. So I'll go through the draft. First round, Greg Newsom, cornerback, Northwestern. Second round, Jeremiah Awusu-Karamoa. Third round pick, receiver, Anthony Schwartz. He's fast. That's about it. Uh, fourth round pick, James Hudson, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. And fourth round pick, Tommy Tagai from Ohio State. I definitely didn't say that right, uh, but from what I've seen, uh, I, I like the player. They also had two fifths and a sixth, whatever. I'm sorry if you guys turn out to be stars. What do you think, Dustin? Browns always manage to get a player that I, that falls and they make the right decision. This this front office has done such a tremendous job since Great they job. got rid of uh, Ken Dorsey. Is that who it yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Greg Newsom pick, um, but they made up for it. So basically, you just flip flop first and second round picks. Exactly. Jeremiah Awuso Koromora fell into their lap. Uh, this is a scary pick because this is the type of player that when you have a good defense, which the Browns are, they're going to have a really good defense next year. What you know, with all the players that they have and all the talent that's there, when you draft a player and bring a player like this into that defense, it's just it's game changing. So uh, this guy is all over the field. He's a hybrid player. He can play. I, I saw him covering receivers at the linebacker position from the slot, which is insane. Uh, this is the new era of the NFL. A lot of, everyone wants speed. Uh, as years go on, we're slowly transitioning to a more college-style league with all the passing, the with all the gadget plays and all these. That's why a lot of these receivers are so fast, but they're also very small, which is a little scary. But uh, we are – this league is transitioning, and this is one of those players. This is a game-changing player that 
when you have everything working on defense, this guy will take over. He'll make plays that'll pop off the screen. Um, Anthony Schwartz, it sounds like they maybe listened to our podcast and, uh, for the AFC North when we when I talked about Baker Mayfield needing to throw the ball deep to, to be more um, keep defensives you know on their heels. And this guy basically is the best player in the draft. I don't know how that will transition. We've seen players like this go a lot earlier in drafts, like John Ross. Not a very uh, polished receiver. No, not at all. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about his route running or anything about his hands. All but I know he is show is fast. Fast. So, you know, with having the other players they have on offense, you know, this guy he can hit you deep. Make Mayfield Baker Mayfield can do it. I just think he needs to show a little bit more confidence in himself to get the ball out there. But uh, outside of that, I like the kid from Ohio State. D tackle. Uh, he looked good on film. And uh, D tackles coming out of Ohio State usually pan out pretty well. Yeah, I think that's right. I, look, I think going into the draft, I pegged their biggest needs as that interior defensive line, but sp especially linebacker. I think they needed a linebacker. Like you said, they have a good defense, but I, I think they needed a talent that position. When they were on the clock with the 26th pick, I said to myself, this has to be John. This has to be Awusu Karamoa here. And they took Greg Newsom. So I was like, mm, you know, I mean, sure, I get the value. Uh, but, you know, we actually had Newsom falling out of our first round and later said we regretted it because we knew he'd be a first rounder. So I said, okay, fine. But I just feel like there were better players there like Awusu Karamoa or, or a, um, a Christian Barmore that, that, that they could use. And so when they got Awusu Karamoa in the second round, well, now I feel like, okay, they got Greg Newsom and Awusu Karamoa they have two first round talents in their first two rounds. So you can't do better than that. And, you know, the, the third round, I actually, I don't love the Anthony Schwartz pick. You know, I do think uh, they, yeah, I, yeah I, I feel like, uh, you know, the kid we said that, uh, who'd we oh, say yeah. that they, there was the receiver um, Marquez that was taking the sixth round Yeah. that, you know, like, I feel like you could have gotten a player like that later in the draft. If you want to take the lid off, that was the bills draft pick. I was trying to remember. And, you know, Anthony Schwartz is a guy that is just not really a polished receiver for the NFL, but he does have speed to kill. So, you know, we'll see how they use him as a third-round pick. You, you certainly want to get a contributor out of that. Uh, I have a 28% success rate for third-round picks, and for wide receivers, it's 25%, so pretty close to that. But uh, I, I didn't love the pick. Uh, I get the idea, but didn't love the pick. But I think those first two picks are awesome. I think James Hudson is a specimen at offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. He's not going to play right away. So you get to take his physical attributes, put him as a backup on one of the, on the best line in the league and get him to develop so that you could keep that line going. I think that was certainly worth the gamble in the fourth round. And the uh, interior defensive lineman, Tommy uh, Togai out of Ohio State, it's a little later than I wanted them to take an interior defensive lineman, but I thought that was a really great value. So yeah. I, I, I really like the draft. Would you grade it? I gave them a B plus. All right, I would, I would honestly even go A-minus just because they got those two clear-cut first-round talents. I, I, honestly, I don't want to say it too, too many why times. I gave him a B-plus because of the Anthony Schwartz pick. Anthony Schwartz, yeah. yeah. I, I, get, mean, he, I, I get he runs a 4-2 or whatever it was, but, you know, it, you know, it's a project. Yeah, I wanted the Jets, actually, to take uh, Usa Carmela with their uh, pick in the top of the second round. So I, I think that was a, a just such a great value for the Browns. And they traded up to get him there, by the way. So it goes to show you they realized what a value was falling. 
I think they had some medical issues with him. I, I get that he's small. I, he's, I thought that's why he fell because he was small. 215 pounds. But then again, Darius Leonard's about the same size. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, that's today's NFL. All right. Here is probably uh, one of the drafts I'm, I'm most conflicted about. The Denver Broncos. They take uh, the Alabama corner, Patrick Sertain Jr. with the ninth overall pick. They trade up for running back Javante Williams. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I love him. They took interior offensive lineman uh, Quinn Mianers. Mianers. Miners, bro. Miners, no. really? That's what I'm saying? On, I had him on the – he was one of my guys. Like, was he? Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just spell it? Whitewater Warhawks, baby. Yeah, Whitewater Warhawks. So a uh, good pick interior offensive line the third round. Uh, Baron Browning, linebacker out of Ohio State in the fourth round. Uh, you know, they got a safety. They took safeties back-to-back, both in the fifth round, and they took some other players after that in the sixth and seventh. Sorry if you turn out to be stars. Here's why I'm a little conflicted about the Broncos draft. It's like, first of all, I have to wonder that if this Aaron Rodgers story was not breaking and, you know, a couple, you know, the day before the draft, which was very strategic by Aaron Rodgers' camp, I wonder if they would have taken Justin Fields I feel like they should have when he fell to the ninth pick. I thought that was the right area for him to go. You know, we've said before for the Broncos, you don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter how good the rest of your roster is. So I don't feel good about them passing on a quarterback unless they know something we don't about Aaron Rodgers uh, or Watson or something like this. You know, I think that Patrick Sertain is a really great player, but they also have good corners on the team. And I think that they traded up for a running back. You're not even really supposed to take a running back early. And you're certainly not supposed to give up assets to take a running back early. And they traded up for Javante Williams. So if I'm just focusing on those two picks, and we'll get into your boy from, from Wisconsin Whitewater. But if I'm focusing on these two picks, I'm so conflicted because I feel like they could have gotten their quarterback of the future. And I feel like there were a lot of good players on the board in the top of second round instead of taking a devalued position like running back. That being said, I think Patrick Sertain is going to be a great player. I think Javante Williams is going to be a great player. Can I really be mad at them for coming away with two great players? I don't know. Uh, I thought that Broncos knocked this draft out of the park. To be honest. Okay. Um, I give kudos to them for not forcing the issue with quarterback. I feel like what happened here was the quarterback they wanted was gone. And they had no interest in drafting. Justin Fields, clearly. And I think that's why the decision was made. And on their board, the best player available was definitely Patrick Sertain. Uh, they probably most certainly had him ahead of J.C. Horn, who went before him, surprisingly. Uh, Patrick Sertain is an all-world talent. Uh, he's Agreed. amazing. He was a three-year starter at Alabama. With the talent they have over there, that, that means something. His stats were off the charts, shutting down pretty much every receiver he faced in the SEC, um, which is, you know, the best conference in college football. And, you know, that for me, I think they hit a home run with that. Uh, Javante Williams is, some say he was the best running back in his class. I don't think he was, but he wasn't far off. Uh, Some say he shouldn't take a running back that early. Listen, if you want your player and he's there, you take him. And you know, when well, he, he wasn't there. They traded up for him, but fine. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have done that, but 
They lost Philip Lindsay in free agency. Uh, Melvin Gordon probably not going to be here too long. So this was their guy. This is a team that doesn't have many holes. And then they went and drafted Quinn Miners in the third round, who will be probably starting for them for the next 12 years at the interior lineman. Yeah, I uh, thought he was going to go higher than that. He was supposed to. So with that being said, I think the way they drafted and they were very – uh, they didn't force the issue with their picks. I loved every pick that they made. I wasn't a huge fan of the running back, but I understand it. And for where he went, I think it, it's just a great pick. He's a tackle-breaking machine. He's the jack-of-all-trades at the position. Uh, same thing with Miners. He's a giant freak of, of specimen on the line. He's one of the strongest players in the draft. Uh, he wrecked it at the senior bowl, which is the only way he got recognition. Uh, I love Patrick Sertain. As you said, he doesn't live on an island. He's an iceberg. So you'll hear that plenty in the, in the NFL. Uh, they also drafted Jamar Johnson out of Indiana, who has actual stud. Uh, I love this kid. I thought he was one okay. of the Safety. I know. I thought I, they got him so late. But he's a player to watch. Keep an eye on him. Um. I, I think thought Baron Browning was a good pick in the fourth round at linebacker. Yeah, there's so many. There's in, a, in a lot of the mock drafts, I saw him as a late second-round pick. Yeah. they just all across the board. With Baron Browning, uh, Jamar Johnson pick. But Baron Browning was a five-star recruit, you know, going into college. And he pretty much does everything. He can brush the passer. I think what they wanted to do with this pick is sit him behind Von Miller and let him learn from one of the best, you know, off-ball linebackers we've ever seen. Uh, so that's what he's going to do, you know, at rushing the passer. And uh, I think their safety now is Kareem Jackson, right? Yes. Who's old. And that's why they banked on these two safeties. So, and I think Jamar Johnson in the sixth round is a steal. And, you know, I, that's when you, again, I said it before with, uh, with Joke and Cleveland Browns, you know, with the players that they have on this defense already, it's loaded. And, you know, that makes it easier for someone to come in and be what they what they want to be, you know, when they can stick to the role that they're given instead of having to do multiple things that they're not capable of. You'll see the talent, you know, on screen easier than you would if they come into a situation where the defense is kind of soft and they're not that good. So I thought they knocked it out of the park. I gave them an A on this. All right, highest grade so far out of Dustin. Look, as I'll say is, again, I'm not going to fault you if you took two Pro Bowl players, potentially all pros, and Patrick Sertain and Javante Williams, you know, but I do feel like uh, Sertain, is he going to start over, you know, Ronald Darby or Kyle Fuller? I mean, maybe he might be actually that damn good, but, uh, you know, at least probably not on day one. And uh, Javante Williams is not going to be playing over Melvin Gordon. He'll certainly get touches but he's not going to take over as a starter until next year when Melvin Gordon's probably not on the team anymore. So, you know, I think he got contributors. They still have uh, Royce Freeman there. What'd you say? They still have Royce the 5'9", there. Royce the 5'9", still on the roster. So, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts now unless he plays on special teams. They probably got a starter on the interior offensive line in minors. So, yeah, it, it was a good draft. I just thought it was a little peculiar the way they, the way they went. Would have liked them to either have Aaron Rodgers in hand or take a quarterback. Because again, you can make your roster the best roster in the NFL. But if you don't have a quarterback, uh, or AKA Drew Locke is your quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh yeah, Teddy, what am I saying? Teddy Bridgewater, which is 
you know, whatever also. I'm just not sure that's enough to even get you in the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl. You know, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater's been traded twice because of Sam Donald. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that we got uh, draft capital for him when we traded him after we drafted Sam. Way to go, Teddy. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. Because next on my list, I mean, we call some teams poop shows, but we are on the Houston Texans. Dustin, welcome to the poop show. This is the poop show. Not even poop anymore. This is diarrhea. I mean, this is, this is, oh God, how do I, okay, let me just get through the draft picks before we talk about this. The third round, their first pick of the draft, they took David Mills, quarterback out of Stanford. Uh, they took Nico Collins, receiver out of Michigan later in the third, third round. I thought he was okay. They traded up. They traded up together. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. They traded a lot too. They, they took a tight end in the fifth round, Brevin Jordan out of Miami, uh, you know, and they took a linebacker later in the fifth and an interior defensive lineman in the sixth, and that's it. Okay, we have to start with the obvious. You took the quarterback with your first draft pick. You keep saying Watson's going to be on your team. He's clearly not going to be on your team, so let's just cut the bullshit here. So you took David Mills, Texans. Have you been listening to what we're saying? You are going to have the first, at best, second pick next year. You're taking a quarterback next year. What are you doing? I have no idea. I have no words for this team anymore. What? I mean, you know, look, Bill O'Brien screwed this franchise really badly. And I feel badly for them about that. But he's gone. You're supposed to be turning the page and starting fresh now. What are you doing? I have no idea. Uh, I don't have an answer for this. I think diarrhea was the right answer. You said it. It's true. I mean, okay. Nico Nico Collins, I don't hate the player. Dude, they traded traded a fourth and a fifth and a next year's year's fourth. Next year's fourth. Everyone is saying next year's. Nico Collins. Next year's draft picks are gold because this year you have no combine. Next year you're going to have a combine. Next year's picks are very valuable. Man, Nico Collins better be good because those fans are going to get on him hard if he sucks. But you, they're not going to have fans. No, they're not going to have fans. You, I don't you know need, what I, I feel bad for this team. For yeah, the fans. You, you need so many players. You have so many holes on your roster and you trade those draft picks for a receiver. This was when this happened. I mean, even the analysts on NFL Network, no one knew what to say. It was that bad. No. You don't. You said Same it right. Same with the David Mills pick. No, that that's what I'm talking about. You, you don't. I don't see this team. They're going to be a top five pick next year. They're going to be a top two pick next year. They're, they, no, they're projected number one for sure. Are they, the yeah, only thing the that makes sense at all, which doesn't make sense, but. They actually, maybe they think they're going to win some games. I, I, no, they don't. Then why take the quarterback here? It doesn't because they the third because round pick. Yeah, I guess you're. I guess like, you're right. You're, you're thinking they're going to uh, get all these first rounders for Watson. They're going to take all these great players that are not quarterbacks next year, and then David Mills is going to come in and be the star. I, I, I don't David know what Mills, I think David Mills is their way to. Tell their fans like we got a quarterback. Or you something. don't use a third round pick to tell. Oh God, I can't wait. And let's keep going. 
So you, you traded all that capital for Nico Collins. Fifth round, you take a tight end? I mean, okay, I'm not going to say they have good tight ends on their team, but, like, you've let so many tight ends come and go that are of the same caliber as a Brevin Jordan. You have so many holes at more important positions. What are you doing? This team is a hole at this point. Uh, can we, can we, call this an F? we call this an F? Yeah, that, I don't like any of these picks. I, I, I actually the fact this was, that they traded up to draft the wide receiver out of Michigan just makes this even worse. It's so bad. I mean, I, this to me so far, and I can't think of. There's one other team's draft that really bothers me, but to me, this was uh, the worst. It's bad enough that they didn't have a, a pick in the first two rounds, but this right. just makes it worse. They, they just had to get. They just they just had to get good players that were values, and they didn't. And that, they didn't do it. This is a team that has. A general manager that just does – I don't know. I don't have the answer. By the way, uh, fun stat. On my stat sheet I have here, as far as, uh, you know, snaps, more than average, first-round quarterbacks, 63%, obviously. Second-rounders, 27%, big drop. Third-rounders, 15%. So, you know, that's where they took David Mills in the third round. I just so, – So let's just, so this team, let's just say they don't win a game next. They're taking a quarterback. So then what do they do with this kid? I, what are they doing? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. The only logical just, answer is they actually think they're going to win some games. There's no logical I, – I see no logic. I, I don't know what they were they thinking. They still got Laramie Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they they got Zach Cunningham. Oh, God. I have this team. Let's move on. Oh, they got – well, no, they don't have – oh, they have Brandon Cooks, too. Right, they do. They, they do. Oh, man, poor Brandon Cooks. Really, he's he's gonna stay on that team. I love Brandon Cooks. That sucks. All right, let's will. move on. Indianapolis Colts. They took Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan, with the first pick. Uh, their second pick, Dio Odayingbo, edge they, out of Vanderbilt. Uh, another team that took back-to-back -back edges. There's three of them, I think, that did that. They took uh, tight end Kyle Granson out of SMU in the fourth round. Uh, Sean Davis, safety from Florida in the fifth round. A quarterback in the sixth round. Don't really get that. And then uh, a few seventh-round picks. I didn't love the draft particularly. I, I, I think that they needed edge rusher. Needed a tackle. Uh, they definitely needed edge. I, I, I thought that was, you know, yeah. Well, no, they need a left tackle really bad. I mean, they didn't take any tackles in this draft. Uh, rumors that they're going to sign Eric Fisher. They better sign him right now and make sure they don't lose him. But uh, but anyway, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, polarizing player in the draft community uh, for how he was going to pan out. But but a consensus first round pick. And I thought Ode Yingbo uh, out of Vanderbilt was is a good edge player too that I thought was drafted in the right spot. Another team with back to back edge players drafted. Yeah, and the. Jim Irsay kept emphasizing pass rushers. We need pass rushers. And I get it. We do need pass rushers. But this wasn't a draft that was loaded with pass rush talent. This team needed a tackle. We saw what Carson Wentz did in Philly last year because the offensive line wasn't able to protect him. He melted before our eyes. It was one of the worst quarterback seasons we've seen from a talent that's supposed to be, you know, an MVP-type player. Um 
Now he comes over to Indianapolis, and you passed up on the best pass protector in the draft, Christian Darasaw. That was very, very... Very surprising. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. I get the Quiddy pay pick. Uh, he, I think he was probably higher on their board than any other team because they were very excited when they got him. Understandable. But then again, you still didn't take a attack to protect Carson Wentz, who really needs to be protected to be successful, just like any other quarterback. Um, so that was the issue I had there. Again, I'm not a fan of double dipping at the position. I know it, it kind of makes them look a little desperate. Let's face it, this team hasn't had the greatest track record in drafting edge rushes. They've, drafted, they've spent quite a few picks on edge rushes. And Kamiko Torre, um, Al-Qadita Muhammad is another one. And there's another one who I'm not getting right now. But they've, they've invested a lot of draft capital in edge rushes, and they haven't really panned out very, as, as well. Quiddy Pei didn't really put up the numbers in Michigan that you would think either. No, he didn't. Um, he crushed his pro day, which is what shot him up the boards. Three cone drill was out of this world, same as Jadevian Clowney, which is kind of what he reminded me of when he was doing it. Uh, but I wouldn't invest the first round pick just because of that. I would have went with Christian Darasol, what they needed. Uh, Dio Deningbo tore his Achilles late last year, so you won't even see him on the field. So Ooh, I, didn't, right. I didn't really like that pick. Um, as far as the other picks they have, I didn't really know much about most of them, to be honest. I, I do know uh, a little bit about Will Fries, the tackle that they took out of Penn State. Seventh rounder. Seventh round pick. Probably not going to see him on the field. Way too late to be picking that position. Is what For me, that was the position of me. Seventh round offensive lineman drafted 7% that they play more snaps than average. So not nothing. I mean, you're telling me there's a chance, but – when you see Sam Tevy as your left starting left tackle after the way Sam Tevy played last year, and that is not a good thing for Carson Wentz. They need to go sign Eric Fisher. So I think that was a problem for them. You know, Quiddy Pay. Look, I, I think we're at the point where, you know, we may have different opinions on Pay in, in, in the draft community, but clearly they had a high grade on him. So fine. You know, going back to back and taking a guy with an injury is questionable. You know, the fourth round tight end, you know, I didn't love it. I mean, you have Jack Doyle, you have Mo Ali Cox, not that they're world beaters. You know, Granson is a guy that is not going to block at all. He's kind of like Trey Burton, which, hey, uh, you know, the Colts coach, he coached him in Philly. So, you know, that's probably what he wanted out of that. We'll see how that works out. You know, the rest of them were fifth round picks and beyond. We'll see. You know, sixth round pick was a quarterback. You just gave up all this capital for Wentz. I just don't like burning more. Again, it's a six-round pick, but I don't like burning more capital into it. Not to mention, you took a quarterback in the fourth round last year, uh, Jacob Eason. So I just I just don't get it sometimes when these teams make these picks. Like, really, there wasn't some, uh, you know, combine, not combine, but, you know, pro day freak that said you wanted to take a chance on more than like grabbing a third string quarterback that's never going to play for you. I just never understand these decisions when teams. Well, I don't, I, I don't either, but in, in their defense, maybe Wentz's history of getting injured so often, maybe that has something to do with it. But, right. But then sign a veteran backup. I mean, you have the fourth round pick Easton last year, unless you hate him and you're going to cut him. I just I don't, like to, to take, to have two young quarterbacks behind Wentz to me does not make sense. 
No, I agree. So, I don't know. All right, here's another conflicting draft. Moving no, on. Give them a grade, bro. Oh, what's your grade for them? I am D minus. C minus. Yeah, I was gonna say C. I just, I just wasn't that impressed with it. All right, next is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer wanted to put his stamp on this team. Look, I can only give you so bad a grade when you win the sweepstakes and get Trevor Lawrence with your first overall pick. They, with their uh, second first round pick that they that they traded into for, they had uh, Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. No one really saw that Etienne. one. Yeah. Etienne, what, no one, no, I've, I've gotten confirmation on this. However you want to say it, you're not saying it right. It's e- like one of, e- it, it's like one of those, you know, French kind of names. We're, we're just not going to hit. Uh, in the second round, they took cornerback Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. Uh, also in the second round, Walker Little, offensive tackle out of Stanford. Uh, they took a safety, Andrew Cisco from Syracuse in the third round. Uh, Jay Tufili, interior defensive lineman from USC in the fourth round. Another edge in the fourth round. There's a fifth round tight end. There's a sixth round receiver. Uh, I'm a little conflicted on this draft because I didn't love the ETN pick. You know, Robinson had a great year for you last year. You now have a star quarterback that you want to be throwing the ball a lot to. I know ETN is a great pass catcher. So I just look. I just didn't like the value for their team. Their roster, their roster has a lot of holes, and they just are not a Super Bowl team that should be drafting a running back uh, in the first round like that. Especially when you have a good one on the roster. To make it worse, even if you try to tell yourself and talk yourself into this pick, Urban Meyer after the draft said, "Yeah, Robinson and Carlos Hyde are our first string and second round running backs. ETNs are third down back." That's bull crap. That's now, not happening. Well, you, don't draft you. A receipt, you don't draft a running back in the first round to be a third round. Okay, I agree with you. And if it was Both anyone shoot. else, I would say, duh, of course that's bull crap. But this is the offense that Urban Meyer ran in all of his stops in college. In Florida and Utah before that, and Ohio State after that, he always had his bruisers. And he always had this, like, five-star crazy athlete recruit to play that third down speed running back position i think he may have actually been serious well then he's an idiot because you don't waste then he's first an round pick right. on a third round back it doesn't make sense i mean are you going to trade robinson which no one's going to give no. you draft capital for it's uh, no I, I don't. that's not going to happen i i don't hate the pick i i think part of it is because trevor lawrence is in town and i think they wanted to pair them like what most a lot of other teams did in this draft yeah a lot fine. of teams did that i'm i'm fine with the pick you know, I probably would have went with a Trayvon Merrick or some, someone like that. There were a lot of good players on the board there for them. Yeah. But everyone, I, had more, everyone had more going to them there. I, like I'm not going to knock the pick. ETN, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of ETN, but I understand the pick and I understand his talent. Going into this uh, offensive scheme, it fits what Urban Meyer is trying to do. I understand that also. I, I don't did, like it. It's a running okay back. It's a running uh, back. You have one on the roster already. Um, but they won me back over with a second-round pick, Tyson Campbell, uh, cornerback out of Georgia. I think he was the better cornerback from Georgia as opposed to <laughs> a yeah. Green Bay's first-round pick, Eric Stokes. So I thought that was a great pick out of position. Yeah, they, they, I, I, they drafted him over Asante Samuel Jr. They did, and you know I don't like that. But 
I didn't like it either. I like it. Look, I, I love Asante Samuel Jr. But this is a bit of a reach, in my I, I, I see. I actually think this is about where Tyson Campbell is going to go. I actually thought he might go at the end of the first if there was a run on corners uh, in the first round, which didn't really happen quite the way I thought might. Um, I, I like the pick. I think it was a good pick. I certainly would have liked Asante Samuel more, but I think this was the right spot for Campbell. I think the Packers whiffing on Stokes is the only reason why Campbell is actually still there. Uh, I don't hate it. Uh, you know, look, we'll see. But, uh, you know, they followed that up 12 picks later with Walker Little, offense tackle out of Stanford. I like that pick. I love this pick. Uh, this kid had not the greatest luck in college. Uh, I don't think he played. So I don't think he played since 2018. I think he played like uh, – but he's got the potential to be a star. He's got the size. He's extremely strong. Uh, he's 6'7", he's, he's 300 pounds. Uh, this is clearly their replacement for Cam Robinson, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I think Cam, this is Cam Robinson's last year. Cam uh, Robinson's on the tag. He might, he, they might even, if, if they're they could rescind the tag. No, I don't think they'll rescind it. I think they, if the training camp goes well, I think they might put Cam Robinson on the interior. Um, Maybe. But I love the Walker Little pick, and then they followed up with Andrew Cisco, who Cisco, uh, who I liked also. He is playmaker. He's a playmaker. Uh, Lost stats. Uh, I would say uneven play, but 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 clearly has a nose for the ball. Yeah, he also tore his ACL too last year. Right. So, um, but I like those two picks. I understand the the, the ETN pick, and I understand the Tyson Campbell pick. I think Campbell was a bit of a reach, but again, if that's who your guy was, you take him. So I understand that also. So, yeah, I, I cannot get on board with the ETN pick. I cannot, uh, you know, I, I just, I can't really think of any rationale that would make me okay with that pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought certain teams it made sense for, not them. They'll be on um, the field, though. That's, that's yeah. for sure. But listen, they got Trevor Lawrence. So, how bad of a grade can you give them? B. B, yeah, I, I think I would have given them even a B plus just because they got Trevor Lawrence and Tyson Campbell and Walker Little. I love that. I just the ETN just bothers me, so I, I, I think B sounds right. I'm throwing that Trevor page Lawrence. in my notes. Such a dork. Middle territory. What? You think Trevor Lawrence is a dork? I don't know. He kind of looks like an alien to me. Uh, I love his hair. He's got great hair. I just wanted that hair on the Jets, but uh, but uh, I'm happy with uh, where the Jets are sitting now. We'll, we'll get there. But okay. now we are on the AFC defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Whew. I mean, uh, let's just go through it. I'm going to say that, so they didn't have a first round pick, but I think if we're grading their draft, you have to count Orlando Brown as a part of their draft hall because they gave up a first round pick for him. So they didn't have a first round pick, but they got Orlando Brown. Second round pick, Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri, uh, who I like. Uh, another second round pick, Creed Humphrey, interior offensive lineman out of Oklahoma, who I really like. Uh, you know, after that, they got an edge player in the fourth round from Florida State, Kondo. Uh, they got a tight end out of Duke, sure. Uh, Cornell Powell, receiver out of Clemson, interesting. Uh, Trey Smith, interior offensive lineman out of Tennessee, you know, who a lot of the draft community actually really liked. You know, for a team with uh, what looked like not a lot of draft capital, 
I feel like they knocked it out of the park. They did. This is one of the best drafts that we've seen this year. Um, the Orlando Brown trade really just, oh, man. Uh, it, this team offensive line went from a, you know, it was going to be pretty bad to now it's a strength. A huge strength. Yeah. So when you take a player like Creed Humphrey and put him on the line with what you have now in Orlando Brown, Kyle Long, Duvernay to uh I think Creed Humphrey's going to start. At center? Yeah, he, might, he could, depending on how training camp goes. Uh, Nick Bolton at the linebacker position, which is one of the only other flaws, if you want to call it. And on they, this team, yeah. The, yeah. They, needed, they need a linebacker. It was not just a needs pick, but it was a value pick, too. A lot of people said he was going to go higher than that. Creed Humphrey could have went in the first round. Uh, the only reason why players like him fall is because the center position is not a position that teams, you know, there's only very few teams that are going, willing to waste early picks on them. And when they don't, that means they these teams know I can get this guy later because that's what happened here. The Nick Bolton pick uh, is, is, I think he was a leading tackler in the whole uh, conference that he played in. He's a tackling machine. He doesn't miss tackles. He's he reminds me of like an old school linebacker, like a London Fletcher type of player, uh, which is perfect for this defense. You don't see linebackers like that anymore, but I think that's what he's going to be for them. And he stays in Kansas City, uh, in Missouri. And I just thought that was a great pick for them. They I I heard that they had him high on their board, and that's the player they wanted. Like you said, they got Orlando Brown, which is a first round pick, and then. The player that scares me the most is uh, Cornell Powell. Yeah, interesting player. This is a guy that fell down the board. Uh, he did go to Clemson University, which is not an easy school to go to. And he he's a big body receiver. Uh, I think if he can be anything on this team, which is already probably the best offense in football, it's just scary. He could, you know, I think he'll he could be he has the potential to be to outproduce what Sammy Watkins did in Kansas City, which wasn't much. So if they can have him, you know, kind of take over some of the snaps that – because him and Tyreek Hill are two totally different players, and then Kelsey's just the best tight end in the world. It's just scary. This team is definitely the best team in the league by far. Yeah, they were already – they could have not had a draft and been arguably the best team in the league, and they got, they got a lot better on draft night, especially um, – you know, in those first two days. I mean, wow. So, all right, Chiefs, well done per huge. Uh, so let's go from well done to uh, – You have you know, to grade them. What, what's, what grade do you give the Chiefs? An A. Yeah, they get an A. I mean, you got Orlando Brown. You got a left tackle with your first-round pick. You right got time. your – you got a really – like a, a starter, a linebacker with your second-round pick. You got a starter at center in your third round pick. You got an upside receiver in the fifth that has a higher ceiling than Pringle and Demarcus Robinson and whoever else you got there. So, yeah, Kansas City, you got an A. Uh, Mazel tov. Get lost. Las Vegas Raiders. There Los Angeles Chargers. Jesus. What do you mean? I got the – oh, I had the Raiders fine. You want to do the Chargers first? I was excited to talk about – Why would you do the Raiders first? It's alphabetical. Yeah, Las Vegas, L-A-S. 
All right, let's do the Raiders. <laughs> wow, please don't edit that out. We're sticking with the Raiders. Uh, I'm a meathead, right. bro. <laughs> You're a meat stick. So, all right, Vegas Raiders. With the 17th overall pick, you took Alex Leatherwood, who we talked a lot about on this pod because I said he would definitely be available in the second for teams that whiffed on those, you know, the teams that didn't get the draft and offensive linemen in the first. Okay. Uh, second, uh, Trayvon Morig out of safety out of TCU. We've talked about a lot. Um, third round, Edge Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. I'm not sure. Diablo, safety Virginia Tech. Definitely was not supposed to go that high. Uh, they took another safety after that, their third safety of the draft in the fourth round, uh, a corner in the fifth. There's another defensive back and a interior offensive lineman in the seventh. Look, when they took Leatherwood, I mean, I was watching ESPN. I guess you were watching NFL Network. You, the ESPN guys were like, whoa, okay. Like, he was not supposed to go there. You don't know how these NFL teams – are looking at it differently than the media. There were reports afterwards that there were a lot of teams that were going to take Leatherwood if the Raiders didn't take it. I think the Raiders clearly put that message out there. I really don't think Leatherwood was a first-round talent, uh, but they did take Trayvon Morig in the second, who was a first-round talent. So You could flip you know, off. Yeah, if you took Morig in the first and they got Leatherwood in the second, I think everyone would be patting them on the back. They did the reverse, but they still got the players. So I'm not going to knock them too hard for the Alex Leatherwood pick. However, I'm not interested in any other draft pick that they took. I think they were all terrible values. Well, the Mayrig pick was was my favorite pick of theirs. This team is just way too much. We've seen this since Mayock's been there. You can't make picks like this. You're in the NFL – I, I'm a huge Mike Mayock fan. I used to love when he used to have his mocks and all that stuff. I used to read them. But I don't know. This is not what I expected from Mayock and Gruden taking Leatherwood that high. It just doesn't make any sense. If you want to do something like that, you trade back. There's no way he would have been there. He wouldn't have been there where, they, where they've taken Mayrick. This is a team that falls in love with, with players, obviously, and, it, and it, it really gets the best of them. The Malcolm Coons pick was a bit of a reach. Uh, the safeties that they took were reaches. Every pick in this draft was reach, other than the Mayrick pick. And, um, like, you know, we talked about how bad they need defensive backs, but they took three safeties in the top four rounds. You know, last year they took Damon Arnett. He wasn't even a first-round talent. I, some teams didn't even have him in the second round. He was a project at Ohio State. The year before that, they took Cleveland Farrell with the fourth overall pick, who was a back-end first-round pick. Yeah, you're right. They, they, they just fall in love with guys. And, you know, they don't care uh, that they're taking guys ahead of other players at the same position that you know are going to go higher and that have better talent. I mean, is taking Alex Leatherwood at 17th overall after, you know, before all those offensive tackles that were still on the board, is it really any different? Does it sound much different than taking rugs ahead of you know, Steve oh, and Jerry Judy, you know, it's, no. it's it seems like the same thing over and over again that's leading you know, to this black hole on this roster. You see what I did there with black hole? Yes. The black hole is in Oakland, though. I don't think they have Yeah, one. I don't know if they, they brought that with them to Vegas. I think what this team has done is they fell in love with the school that these kids are coming out of. Cleland Farrell came out of Clemson. Damon Arnett came out of Ohio State. 
Henry Ruggs came out of Alabama. Alex Leatherwood coming out of Alabama. Mike Mayock and Gruden said that they wanted to bring leaders. They wanted to change the culture of the Raiders as far as them being a joke, which they were for a very long time. They wanted to take players that would, you know, come in here with a different type of attitude, a sense of a winning attitude. And I get that, but some of these picks are just, they don't make sense. So, but that being said, they did it here again in 2021. And I hate to say it, but Gruden's, we said it last time, this is probably Mike Mayock's last year. I think it may be Gruden's too. I mean, I, I got it. To me, they're attached at the hip. I think it was Gruden that brought in Mayock. We said that on our AFC West podcast episode. I think this was just another uh, not great draft. I mean, listen, if Alex Leatherwood turns out to be good and Morig is a star, which, I mean, look, he was the best safety in the class. Um, you know, Vegas had him as minus 400 to be the first safety across the board. Save that mental note in your head for later. Um, he was, right? He was the first safety take. No, he was not the first safety taker. Richie Grant go before him? Yes, Richie Grant went before that, and we're going to talk about that soon. Um, but listen, if you get two-plus starters in Leatherwood and Morig, I don't know if that's likely that you hit on both, but if you did, great. But, I mean, even then, I just, I, I'm just i not seeing much out of the rest of this draft. We'll see how it pans out. But uh, another not impressive, not value-based draft out of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. All right, let's. Let's move on because we have more. Trade them. Jeez. <laughs> what, 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 you want to give Divine, them a raise? I just will say this. Divine Diablo can be kind of looked at as a linebacker. So. Sure. Yeah, they might move in the linebacker. And I think you've seen a lot of that in that draft. Uh, the Jets did it. I'll talk about that. But got a cool name, too. So. Yeah, the Diablo is a really cool name. So what did you grade them? Did you give them any extra points because of the name Diablo? No. I gave them a C minus, almost. I would have gone D plus. Only because yeah. I like Mike Mayock and I like Tavon Mayry. Yeah, I like Gruden, but I think I'm going to like him a lot better in the booth next year. think of that kid? If, if he gets fired. Uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, okay. First round, 13th overall, Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. Second round, oh, my heart, Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. Third round, Josh Palmer, receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, they took a tight end out of Georgia, Trey McKitty, also in the third round. They took an edge in the fourth, an offensive tackle in the fifth, linebacker in, in the sixth, and some other players in the sixth and seventh. What do you think of this draft? Uh, I think it's a very safe draft. I like I like the um, Rashawn Slater pick. I feel like that's who they wanted anyway, and they got him. Uh, I think he'll. I think he should be maybe started at guard um, for, for the beginning, but he might get forced into playing a tackle. I think he's gonna be forced to play tackle, which is fine. Uh, he's got some uncharacteristics for tackle, with short arms, but we've seen players pan out well that had short arms, so that's fine. He's very fast for his size. So, I mean, he was projected to go here. So I thought it was a very safe pick for a team that needed an offensive line upgrade desperately, which they addressed the and draft. I thought he was actually going to go higher than uh, than he went. I think he kind of fell into their lap at 13, and they're just like, how do we pass? We need a tackle. 
I thought the Giants were going to take him, but then they obviously traded out. So yeah, I think the Giants were a little shook, but we'll talk about that on the NFC episode. Uh, they got Asante Samuel Jr. They got him. Which was a good pick. Uh, th- I think this team just kind of took what the draft gave them. Um, exactly. So Asante Samuel Jr. Is, is a good player. There's not many holes in this game other than maybe his size. Uh, so that was a good pick. Uh, the Josh Palmer pick was interesting too. Um, this is a guy that he's kind of similar to what they have there now in Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, so Mike Williams probably won't be here after this year. That's what I think too. So this is uh, my, I think this is maybe his replacement. I think it's nice to see that they, you know, addressed getting Herbert some weapons for the years to come. Then they addressed the tight end position. Uh, I don't know much about the kid that they drafted from Georgia. So, I think this was a little bit of a reach. I think they really wanted to draft a tight end. And I think at that point they were like, all right, you know, we, we, we got Slater, we got Asante Samuel, Josh Palmer was a value. So let's just take the position we want to take, which is tight end. I, I kind of feel like that was their decision-making there. You know, we'll see. I, I don't have super high hopes for the tight end. Uh, you know, as we talk about tight ends take a while to develop anyway. So you know, we will see how that goes. I would have really just liked them to keep Hunter Henry, honestly, but, but yeah. I guess that that was not in the cards. But yeah, I I, I think you I said like it the, best. I like the Chris Rump pick too. Wait, uh, edge, edge out of Duke in the fourth round. He was kind of a, you know, I, I don't really waste too much time on players that that go late, but I did watch some of his games. He was definitely a guy that popped off the screen for me. Uh, a lot of inconsistency, but, you know, what do you expect in the later rounds? That's stuff that you polish off getting to the next level of coaching. So, could be something. Yeah. Uh, what would you give them as a grade? Uh, I gave them a B-. minus. All right. I mean, I just – I really just – I really like their first three picks. It's the picks I care about the most. So, I was kind of leaning towards – I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm kind of leaning towards a B plus. Yeah, a B, a B maybe. Uh, they, they didn't really miss on anything. It's just a very safe draft. Right. All right. I keep pooping on this team. The Miami Dolphins, there's a lot of different thoughts on their draft. So they took Jalen Waddell with the sixth overall pick in the draft, uh, receiver out of Alabama. They took Jalen Phillips, who we talked a lot about, edge rusher out of Miami. They took uh, Javon Holland, safety in the second round. This was also, I think, a safety picked before. Uh, Morey, if I'm not mistaken. They took Liam Eichenberg later in the second round. Uh, he's an offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Then they took a tight end in the third round, and they didn't have another pick till the seventh round where they took an offensive tackle and finally a running back. Here are my thoughts on the draft before I turn it over to you. Look, I've said on the pod that I, I just I, I'm not going to support taking Jalen Waddell over Devonta Smith. I'm just not going to do it. I, I think Devonta Smith was a better player on the same team, and I, that was all I really needed to see if you watch their games. I mean, I just think he was the better football player. I get the appeal with Waddle. I mean, you, you just signed Fuller, but you signed him to a one-year deal. So you're going to have uh, Jalen Waddle play with Fuller, and then probably Fuller moves on after one year. So I think you took a risk there by taking a Waddle over a Devonta Smith. Then you took Jalen Phillips, who is the best pass rusher in this draft, but also a risk uh, with his concussion history that we've talked about at length. Uh, 
Then you took Javon Holland, and I kind of I'm almost positive that this was the safety that was drafted ahead of Morig. So I'm just slot corner, really. I mean, he can play both, so he's versatile. Sure. I just, you know, again, I, I think there were bet. This was also before, I mean, not that they needed a corner, but, you know, this was also before Asante Samuel. I, I don't know. I just, I think there were better defensive backs on the board. I really like the pick of Liam Eikenberg later in the second round and the rest I don't care about. So I, I think there were a lot of uh, chances taken that didn't need to be taken, but you know, there, there's some high upside here. Yeah. I, I definitely would not have taken Jalen Waddle over. Devonta Smith. I had Devonta Smith as the best receiver in this draft over Jamar Chase. Um, obviously, a lot of people disagree with that, but only time will tell. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I get, I get the hype, I get the talent. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I just don't think he, he's definitely not the same player as the other two receivers that were projected to go higher than him. Uh, Jalen Waddle will shine in a team that has other receivers. For him to come into the league and try to be a number one, I don't think he has that in his game. Uh, with that being said, I'm not I'm not pooping on Jalen Waddle at all. I just I think Devontae Smith is has the talent to be a number one receiver. Uh, we talked about Devontae Smith and his talents, what he is. He's uh, he's a go-getter, he comes back to the ball better than any other receiver in this draft. Uh, he does not that'll get help bumped. Tua. Yeah, he does not get bumped off the line. Um, well, well, we don't we don't know if he does because it didn't happen at all about yeah because you can't touch him too fast. So that that were some of the things I guess teams are scared of with the size. Jalen Waddle is not any bigger, but Jalen Waddle when he has the ball in hand, he's electrifying. So uh, I get it. Fine, you want to pair him with Tua? That's great. Could have did it with Devonta. Fine, whatever. Moving on, uh, they picked. Jalen Phillips after that. When you have when you have these picks like this and you have you kind of have money to play with, I understand you can take the risk. So someone was going to take the risk. If this kid can stay on the field and not sustain another concussion, he's definitely the best pass rusher in this draft, and it's not close. Uh, this kid has serious talent as a pass rusher. He's got bend, he's got moves, he's fast. He's uh, doesn't really, he sheds blocks well. He's, he's got a complete toolbox to go along with uh, the, the characteristics and talent to be a special player in this league. So if any team is gonna do it, it would be a team that has multiple picks in this round. So I'm definitely on board with that. Javon Holland, uh, I can see why you wouldn't have went this route, but I understand why they did. Uh, safety is one of the holes that this team has, in my opinion. Morig was still on the board. Yes, but Morig wasn't – he's not as versatile as Javon Holland was. Javon Holland was a safety at Oregon and actually played slot in 2019 that he opted out. Uh, so I'm saying he's the best slot corner in this draft. I kind of like the kid out of UCF a little bit better, but this pick was based on versatility. Uh, he could come in and, and help in multiple positions in the secondary. So I understand why they made it. Eichenberg pick, uh, like you said, good value here where they got him in the second round because uh, tackles kind of were starting to window down at this point in the draft. 
So I was a fan of that. Hunter Long, I'm not really sure why they took a tight end. Yeah, why would they take a tight end? They, you have Mike Kosicki. You have Adam Sheen behind them. I mean, this is a third-round pick. It, it, were, yeah. it was their fifth or sixth pick of the draft because of how many picks they have. But this was a third-round pick. It's you, you know what I feel? I feel like the Dolphins did a bad job of exactly what we said with the Chargers. You know, you have this many picks. You let the value fall to you. And you just get as many good players in those first three rounds because you have all those picks as possible. And you're going to be a lot better team. And, you know, look, if Phillips hits, if Waddle hits, if Holland hits, yeah, this will be a great draft. But I just think that's asking a lot for all those guys to hit. And if they don't, I just feel like you left a lot of value on the board. Yeah. And one more one more thing I'll say about Jalen Waddle. I feel like I'm, I'm pooping all over this guy, but I'm not. I hear it time and time again, and he's being compared to Tyree Hill. And it's just, Ugh, don't do that. Well, it's it's happening every day. It's just not a comparison. It's not fair to him. Tyree Hill is one of the best receivers we've ever seen uh, as far as his size and what he's capable of doing on the field. I've never seen a player. He really is a cheetah. So uh, before we start giving this kid – that comparison, let him play first or, you know, let him make his own, let him be his own player, you know. Yeah. And he's and he's an electric player at Alabama. I mean, there's a reason they took him with the sixth overall pick. I wonder if they could have moved back and still gotten him, but maybe there was a team that would take that plunge because, you know, you know teams are going to fall in love with that with that type of electricity that he could bring to a football field. So we'll see. Would you grade him? Uh, this was an interesting one for me because I do like the picks that they made. I not going to knock him too much for the tight end. The Jalen Waddle pick can go either way, you know, as far as him being the second out of the three. I gave them a B minus. Yeah, I would have gone C plus. Just that there's the tight end pick I hated and just too many chances taken when you had so many picks and you could have just taken as much value as possible. We're, we're sticking with the AFC East. We're talking about the New England Patriots. Everyone wondering if the Patriots were going to trade up for a quarterback. Maybe if Trey Lance did not go to the 49ers, as I predicted on our mock uh, draft episode, he did not trade up for a quarterback. Belichick stayed where he was. He let Mac Jones fall into his lap. You heard Mac Jones say this is what he wanted all along. So they got their quarterback out of Alabama in the first round of 15th overall. In the second round, they got Christian Barmore. Dustin and I were texting each other, not happy that uh, they were able to move up at that point and take him there. Uh, they got Ronnie Perkins, edge out of Oklahoma in the third round. They went right back to Oklahoma in the fourth round and took a running back, Ramondre Stevenson. I thought that was interesting. Uh, linebacker Cameron McGrone in the fifth. They took a safety in the sixth. Offensive tackle in the sixth and a, and a receiver out of UCF, Trey Nixon in the seventh. Look, man, they got their quarterback. I mean, I don't know if it was who Belichick wanted, but clearly he was perfectly fine as Definitely, long as he didn't have yeah. to trade more assets to sit at 15 and let Mac Jones fall to him, who I think is a good fit in the original Josh McDaniels offense before it was changed to fit a Cam Newton. I, I mean, I think he's going to go back to executing the Tom Brady offense. Uh, I think this is who he wanted all along. I think this guy, he just definitely played some games with this whole draft. You could just see it. Um, listen, Mac Jones is, I wasn't, a, I don't think he's a first round grade. I don't know. New England is not known for their drafts. 
But in the last two years, outside of the Nikhil Harry pick, they've had some players that fell to them. Uh, this year, you know, with the, with the Christian Barmore pick, he was clearly the best player on the board. And I can't fell. believe he fell that far. He's a D-tackle. D-tackles never really get respected in the draft. I get it. but He's, he's such a Patriots player, though. Yeah, and he's he could be scary for the way he moves, for the size that he is. Uh, he's a very good pass rusher for his size. Um, back to Mac Jones. He's incredibly accurate, but he's not really much else. And he's your typical, everyone's going to compare him to Tom Brady. You know, um, he kind of reminds me of also, you know, I, the more I look at him and, the, like, watch some of his plays, kind of looks like Chad Pennington. Whatever. Uh, I love uh, Chad Pennington. Good player. Uh, yeah, whatever. That water pistol. <laughs> that at the end of his career, sure. Listen, uh, I, I, you know, they... they somebody else, too. Who was their third-round pick? Their third-round pick was Ronnie Perkins, edge out of yeah. Oklahoma. Exactly. You like another, him? Yeah, another guy that just fell. So, with Perkins and Barmore falling to this team, uh, Perkins is definitely going to be a contributor in year one. Uh, he'll be on the field for sure. He's... He's got talent, and he'll be this team. Let's face it; uh, the plan was last year to see what they have, and they didn't have much. So we've talked about, you know, even with that being said, they did finish with seven wins, which you wouldn't think they did because they didn't look like a seven-win team on the field. That's coaching. So you're going to see these players that they drafted this year, and Ronnie Perkins and Barmore. These guys will be on the field for sure. So um, yeah. I agree. I, I, I thought the fourth round pick was interesting, taking a running back. You know, I'm guessing this might mean the end for Sony Michelle in New England. I'm not sure why else you take a running back in the fourth. I mean, Bill Belichick loves his running backs. You know, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma is kind of that, you know, first round, uh, first down, second down bruiser. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't take more of a pass, catch, pass catcher to try to, you know, get like a you know, that type of player for Mac Jones. So um, the Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like 250 pounds. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know he was that big. But, I mean, I knew he could. He was not on the field on third downs. And I just feel like they could have gone with a pass catcher and running back instead. He's but really, I he reminds me of the Garrett Blunt, actually. Yeah. I just, I mean, well, I just thought of that now. That's pretty funny. But, yeah, it's a very Patriot-like player. I know what the Patriots do. They'll, they'll yeah. run Tony Michelle and David Harris out there. And then they'll send him on there in the goal line. I think Sony Michelle might be history. I think they might cut him, honestly, now. I, I think after that pick, that might be the end for Sony Michelle. I think so. Yeah. So, what'd you grade the Patriots probably. draft? Burkhead's still free. Yeah, but he's coming off that brutal injury. So, what'd you grade this draft? This was a tough one because I'm not a big Mac Jones fan, but the problem. Not but you problem. can't judge him based on that. They got a quarterback. You can't judge him based on that. And then he gets the, you know, and we've seen what Bill Belichick's done with quarterbacks drafted late before. So. Oh, shut up. Um, I guess. This isn't late. You're right. B minus, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, bar more in Perkins. So, yeah, my thing, I. I hate to say it, really but off the top of my head, I'm going to give him like a B plus. The reason being is like, look, I don't love Mac Jones, but, but you know, kudos to Belichick to playing games with everyone again and just sitting at his pick and letting Mac Jones fall to him. Uh, I think that is exactly what he wanted. It sounds like that's what Mac Jones wanted. So, you know, you got your quarterback. I'm not going to 
hurt your grade because I don't like Mac Jones, because I think that with the other quarterbacks gone, I think they needed a quarterback and, and they got one. So Mac Jones, I think Christian Barmore is going to be a great player. I think he's going to move all over that defensive line. I think they're going to get real creative with him. I think they got a steal there. And Ronnie Perkins, I think, is going to be a contributor. I don't. Maybe he'll start year one, like you say. I think he's certainly going to contribute a lot. So, look, I care about the first three rounds. This is what I focus on. And I think they got three big-time contributors, and just, and one of them being a starting quarterback. So I struggle giving them anything beside, less than a than – I don't think he's going to play this. I think Cam Newton's going to have to give you – I hope so. I like Cam. I want to see Cam bounce back. But you you hope know. so. You're a Jet fan. I mean, like from a just from a player perspective. Nah. Listen, let's talk about the Jets. Hold me back because I freaking love this draft. Second overall, Zach Wilson. Obviously, we're not going to talk about that uh, quarterback BYU. Tell you something about this kid. They they trade up in the first round. Uh, they only give up two third-rounders to move up nine spots in the first round with the Vikings, which is not what you typically see given up to move up that much to take the best guard in the draft in Elijah Vera Tucker. They let the value fall to them early in the second round. They take Elijah Moore. They come back in the fourth round. They get Michael Carter, uh, Javante Williams' backfield mate at North Carolina. Uh, they took a safety, Jamie Sherwood, out of Auburn, who's really going to probably play that hybrid linebacker position for them. They took another player named Michael Carter. I thought that was so bizarre, uh, who plays cornerback uh, from Duke. They took another corner after that. They took another safety after that. They took another corner after that. And then in the, their last pick in the sixth round, they took an interior and defensive lineman. I'm just going to keep going here. Look, Zach Wilson, we knew that was the pick. Let's hope for the best there. It wasn't Trevor Lawrence. I think it was the best pick they could have made, given that they didn't get the first pick. Trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, I was really happy about their two third rounders. So I was a little upset at first when I saw they gave them up. But like I said, to move up that much in the first round, I don't think they gave up that much. I'm surprised it was for a guard. But you know what? Guard was by far the biggest hole on the team besides quarterback. And they really kind of really great guard here in Vera Tucker. Elijah Moore at the top of the second round, there were a lot of players I wanted there. I would have been happy with uh, Musa Karmara. I wanted Asante Samuel. I think they would have fit huge needs. You know, you love Elijah Moore. We, we talked do. about this leading up to the draft. I was kind of a little wishy-washy on him. Obviously, I've been watching a lot on him since he got drafted by the Jets. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing what a player he could be. I just feel like, look, I feel like he's going to be a great player for the Jets, and I'll be very excited about that. I feel like this probably spells the end for Jamison Crowder in New York. This felt like a pick they didn't have to make. I hope that Elijah Moore is good, because if he's not, I'm always going to look at Amusu Karamara. I'm always going to look at Asante Samuel. I'm going to look at Tevin Jenkins. I'm going to look at the other players that were there that they could have had, but I think when you look at these first four picks, Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter, electric running back out of North Carolina, not going to be a full-time back, but, you know, kind of a 1B in a committee, although I think he's the best running back on the roster right now. I think you have four big-time offensive players that are going to contribute right away for this team. And this is obviously what this team needed. This offense has been horrible for so long, and all they did was draft defense. Finally, Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, gets it right. He 
goes hard after the offense. You know, Jamie Sherwood, uh, the fifth round pick, I thought he was going to go higher. He's very much a box safety in college. Every single negative about him was really about him being a defender as a safety, but as a linebacker, he's a little bit of a tweener, but I think that's today's NFL. I'm interested to see what uh, Robert Saleh could do with him. So I don't know about the rest of the picks, but when you look at the contributions they're going to get from their first four picks, I love this draft. Yeah, the Jets really had a really good draft this year. I'm not going to lie. I do get the Elijah Vera tough uh, pick. Kind of had them going. I kind of thought they would get him with their uh, 20. They had 23, right? Yeah, although, look, you never know. Teams always put them around after that. But everyone is saying – Barry Tucker was not going to be there at 23. He probably wasn't. They would they listen, these these GMs, um, if you think of it as like a fantasy with friends, these GMs all talk to each other, they all know each other. It's, they they know what's going on. That there's a lot of this going on on draft night. We only know what we know from what we read and what we watch. This this is like a big family in the NFL. So a lot of these trades and a lot of these picks that you see are made based upon what they know. So they they definitely knew Vera Tucker was not going to be there. So they definitely made the trade to get him, which is yeah, fine. I, I don't know if they had to go to 14, but they only gave up two It wasn't a bad trade. So. To give up two third-rounders to move up that high, it, it was it was a home run. And I mean, you, the trade value chart says they lose, but the third-rounders, so you know, is a 28% rate according to my stats that you're going to be a more than average snap contributor and the first round 65 percent so yeah give up two-thirds get that first round talent yeah and now you're going to put him on the left side with Mackay Beckton so you know that's perfect for Zach Wilson who's probably going to be your day one starter for uh, sure and not only that they got Elijah Moore anyway so Elijah Moore as a 23rd overall pick for me, and me personally, I, I'm all about it because I think he's going to be one of the best receivers in this draft. And there's no better way to help out your quarterback than getting him a slot receiver that has talent like that. So I think that's the reason why they went that route. They're trying to build what they didn't build for Sam Darnold, unfortunately. I think they're going to build something they could, that could, they could put Zach Wilson in position to produce what they projected to produce. Um, so after those picks, then they went with uh, Michael Carter, the running back. Now this is, for me, this is another home run pick because totally. you're not really, uh, I've always been the, the person to say you don't waste early round picks on running backs because you can get them later. And this is a perfect example of that. Michael Carter is a very good running back. There's not a lot of tread on his tires because he split carries. He didn't really split. Javante Williams actually has more carries than him. But there, he does kind of the same thing, not as explosive as Javante Williams, but Michael Carter is a very good running back. And he definitely, if they hit on this pick and you start to see him splitting carries early in the season and he starts to take a lot of them away because there's really not much there outside of him, you'll be talking about this kid, you know, being a three-down back for your squad. And uh, listen, they, they had a really good draft this year. And this is definitely – they're definitely on the right track to becoming – uh, force in the AFC East because uh, that's a tough division. I think all of those teams in that division got better. And I think Joe Douglas did a great job. Hey, uh, fun fact on the side, I was doing some research on Elijah Moore. Do you know what happened to him in college? 
So not this last year where he blew up and had a great year uh, with the Lane Kiffin as his coach, but the year before that, in their last game of the season, they were playing, I think, Mississippi State because it was their huge rivalry game. Uh, it was all for bragging rights. You know, they weren't going to a, a bowl game or anything like that. Elijah Moore caught a touchdown, and he did the celebration where he goes on all fours and lifts his leg and pees like a dog, and they flagged him. So they moved back uh, the point after attempt, and they missed it, so they didn't go to overtime. So Elijah Moore got a lot of hate uh, a lot of online hate and memes, and he was just the laughing stock uh, for a long time. And he bounced back and had that great year before he got drafted. So, you know, who else, little, that, you know who else had that touchdown celebration? DK Metcalf. Did he? I think so. I think it was DK. It was Odell. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was DK, but yeah, Odell yeah, definitely Michael. did that. I, rem I remember that. So, kudos, Jets. What do you give them? I give them an A. They got an A. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Dustin, we're winding down here. We got two teams left, and this one is your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll read them off, and then I'm just going to turn the mic over to you, and I'll give my last thoughts on it. Najee Harris, like you and every Pittsburgh Steelers fan wanted with the first-round pick, running back out of Alabama. They come back and take Pratt Fryer move, tight end out of Penn State in the second round. Uh, interior offensive lineman Kendrick Green, third round out of Illinois. Uh, they take a tackle finally in the fourth round out of Texas A&M, uh, linebacker in the fourth, edge in the fifth, edge in the sixth, corner in the seventh, and uh, last, a punter with the end of the seventh round pick, which is where you're supposed to take your punters and kickers people. So, Dustin, what do you think of this draft? Well, the most important pick of this draft was our first round pick. Um, it's time, you know, Big Ben, this is his last year. We also have a lot of players that are only going to be here for this year. So we really, our biggest weakness, as everybody knows, is running back position. Um, and Najee Harris, to me, is, he's going to be amazing. Uh, he's extremely talented. Uh, I, his game film to me was the best out of the running back class. So he was the guy I wanted. Before I even read all the mocks and everyone that wanted it, it just makes sense. Uh, I know the offensive line isn't great. Um, I kind of wish, you know, we addressed the offensive line a little bit more than we did. Uh, the Pat Fryermuth pick, I understand. If Kyle Pitts isn't in this draft, Fryermuth is going in the first round. So he, he's, yeah, shake your head. You know, I'm not so Kyle, sure about that. Fryermuth is a good football player. And he's, he is as close to a Keith Miller that you will find. Yeah. But, but he could be better. He played with a, a torn uh, labrum in college, so you didn't really get him to see what he's capable of doing. Uh, this is also a team that just always drafts out of the Big Ten. They do it every single year. So I think they're sometimes uh, a little biased on that, but – there's one thing I'll never do, and it's not going to pick that we So one of the reasons why I think Primary went in the second round was because they had their eyes on the center that they took from Illinois in Kendrick Green, who I actually did like. So I think what they did here was they knew they were going to get Green in the third round, so they took the best player available in the second, and that was Friermuth on their board. I'm okay with it. Friermuth is a player that 
this is this is more of a long term pick than next year. Ebron probably won't be here after next year. Um, even because if Ebron is successful like he was for us last year, that means he's going to get paid some money, and we're not going to be able to afford him. So Brian will take over the tight end. Well, hopefully. Uh, the only thing I didn't don't like about this pick is you know, we did draft Jesse James out of Penn State. And that didn't really work out. So uh, hopefully he's much better than him. A um, couple other guys that they drafted after that. Louder Milk I actually like, aside from his cool name. Um, his milk is cool definitely name. louder than yours. But he, he had some good, he had some good uh, tape. I liked uh, his explosiveness on tape. Uh, we do need a D-tackle uh, since we lost Hargrave. Um, so that was something that I ho was hoping they would address, and they did. Um, our punter is 300 pounds, so that's kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> but but here, so I just want to say, drafting Najee Harris puts us in Super Bowl contention. I don't care what you say. Our offenses could be one of the best offenses in the league with all the weapons that we have, and the only weapon we were missing was – a running back. Our offensive line won't be as good as it was with Filer and um, Villanueva. But I, 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 it pains me to say this, but I was never the biggest Villanueva fan. Um, only because I think our offense, the way we play, the way the Steelers play offense, it's kind of uh, geared towards making the offensive line look a lot better than it actually is talent-wise. When we had players like Kelvin Beecham in here, Marcus Gilbert, Ali Villanueva, uh, I think Zach Banner is going to plug the tackle spot, and I think he'll do just like all those other tackles did. Who, let's face it, when they moved on, they didn't play as well as they did when they were a stealer. Uh, outside of Alan Fanica and, and uh, not Alan Fanica, but now Alan Fanica, great I'm job. going way back. Great and then uh, DeCastro and Raymond Foster and Pouncey, those were the guys, you know, that those were talent, talent, much more talented players than some of the tackles that I need. So I think Banner coming in here, uh, starting, and then um, um, the kid from Illinois hopefully hits the ground running and takes over the center spot. I think yeah. it'll be okay. So I just – I know Big Ben gets a lot of slack for the performances that he had last year, but I already went into all that. If you want to hear that, just listen to the AFC North episode. I go really into it. You sure do. Uh, he's older. He's definitely not the player he was, but he's not as bad as everyone's saying it is. So I've been watching. I've pretty much seen every Big Ben snap there ever has been, and he's been throwing balls like that his whole career. You just saw a lot of them last year because he called his shot more times than he should have. And I think they abandoned the run game way too many times. And I don't think James Conner really got a fair shot, not to say that even if he did, he would have did anything with it. But now we have a player like Najee Harris coming in here, and he is going to hit this ground running. And you guys will see how good he is. And the sky's the limit. So Super Bowl champs, baby. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Here, here are my thoughts on the draft. You know, I, I've said in oh, our prior, I, I've said in our prior episodes that you know, I, I just it's hard to get on board with taking a first round running back. I do think Najee Harris is a special talent. I think he's probably the only Najee. Najee, I think he's probably the only running back in this class that can be an effective running back with a bad offensive line. 
He's just that kind of powerful and explosive of a running back. So I think it's a good fit for the Steelers. I also think it's a good fit long-term or longer-term anyway, as long-term as running backs get, in that, you know, next year when Ben's not here, they're obviously going to be a very run-based team, and Harris is the kind of guy that can carry the ball 350 times in a season. So for this year especially and beyond, I'm not going to poo-poo that pick so bad, even though I was saying in previous episodes, I don't think they should go running back. I'm going to support them on their running back pick here. That's not why I think they had a bad draft. I think I, I really did not like the Pat Fryer move pick. To me, you know, tight ends, you take those really explosive guys in the first round, like a Pitts or, uh, you know, guys like that. I'm trying to think of the last tight end that went that high, but, well, not that high, but, you Aaron know. Ebron. Oh, yeah, Ebron. Yeah, so, look, look a lot of them don't want I am too, baby. But, you know, I, I feel like if you're not going to get that first-round athletic freak, you wait till the later rounds. These Those Heath Miller-type tight ends, not that they're so common, but, you know, you could find them in the later rounds. They are there. They're, those tight ends get a lot of playing time. So I just feel like this team had huge needs on the offensive line, and they have a huge need at cornerback. You know, they lost Steven Nelson. Jets, why, why is he a free agent? Can Jets, can you please go sign him? But, uh, you know, I really think they should have taken a corner offensive line with that second-round pick. I love the Kendrick Green pick. I think he's going to take over for Pouncey at center. You know, they finally get an offensive tackle in the fourth. I, I think that was uh, Dan Moore of Texas A&M. I didn't really have him going this early. I think they just felt like we need to get a tackle. So they did. And, you know, we'll see with the rest. Uh, louder milk, you're right. His milk is louder. So we'll see how he plays on the edge. I, I love that. And, Fine. You know, they took a corner and they didn't take a corner till the seventh. So I don't even know if that guy is even going to be on the team. Right. I think they need to go to the free agent market and get a corner like right now and maybe an offensive lineman too. So I don't. Yeah, Cameron Sutton. Sutton's a good player. Yeah. I, you know, look, I, I just really feel like, no, look, I think he's going to man that slot corner position for them. That's fine. But I think they need more bodies there. And I think they needed to take an offensive lineman. I, I think they needed. Look, you said take Najee Harris because you're all in for this year. If you're all in for this year, then why'd you take Fryermuth in the second round? Take a player that's going to contribute to your team this year. I don't think he's going to. So for that reason, I, I don't see how you could give him higher than a B minus. But go ahead. What, what'd you give him? A plus, baby. Oh, of course you did. No, no. Okay. Uh, I I wanted Brady Christensen, honestly. Uh, yeah, that's who I wanted. Obviously, I would love to have Kevin Vick but that was, was not going to happen. But, listen, this team hasn't always drafted the players that I've wanted and the players that usually draft work out. So I'm okay with it. Um, they drafted Najee Harris, so they're getting an A. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go, to, let's go to the last team in the AFC that we have to talk about here. This Tennessee Titans. Caleb Farley, first-round pick, 22nd overall, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Uh, Dylan Randoon's offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Uh, quite a few North Dakota State players in this draft. Uh, Monty Rice in the third round, linebacker out of Georgia. Elijah Molden, cornerback, third round out of Washington. Uh, they took a receiver in the fourth, an edge player in the fourth, uh, a receiver in the sixth, a safety in the sixth. What do you think of this draft, Dustin? I thought the Titans had a really good draft. Um, the Caleb Farley pick. Uh, again, that some one team takes the chance, and the Titans did this with Jeffrey Simmons, and it, I think Jeffrey Simmons is 
think I said this during the uh, AFC South episode. Jeffrey Simmons is about to have a year where you know who Jeffrey Simmons is. Uh, I think Caleb Farley, the reason why they took him is because they feel comfortable taking these chances. Caleb Farley could be the, the best corner in this draft. Could be. Uh, he's extremely athletic. He's a freak. Um, sky's the limit if he could. If his back injury is not as bad as some seem to think it is. That's the only reason why he fell to this pick. Dylan Radins, I think it is, uh, out of North Dakota State. Um, he was a player that I kind of looked at. Uh, he's a second-round value. I saw him going at the end of first in, sums, in some drafts. Um, listen, they play an outside uh, zone scheme over there, and that's what, he, that's what he fits. So it's a good pick for them. Again, it's, it, it helps the – Titans do what they want to do, and that's run the ball. So I'm okay with that. Guard was one of their holes that they had, so they addressed it. Uh, he is a guard, right? I mean, they have him listed as tackle. I don't know what, you know, but I don't know how the Titans actually announced him. But in the draft, he was called a tackle. So then they took Monty Rice, who I actually like a lot. He's, um, he can do a little bit of everything at the linebacker position. Um so I was, I was, I thought that was good value where they got him in the third round. Uh, Elijah Molden actually fell. Um, that was a good pick. They also had him in the third round. He was picked 100 on the dot. Uh, Molden is a, <clears throat> he's a little small, but he's he's a coverage, he's a coverage playmaker. So uh, that's the type of defense that they run. They run a strict coverage. The defensive player um, mm -hmm. secondary and he fits the bill there so they went with him uh at safety who they have kevin byard and i don't know who the other one is but he should slide in there eventually um so they they definitely uh, they wanted to address the secondary and as far as the rest of the rashad weaver was an interesting pick too uh, i think he had some issues though that's why he fell to the fourth round but he's someone to watch out for as an edge rusher uh Edge was a, was a position of need before they made the Bud Dupree signing. But this is a kid that could come in and be a rotational rush, pass rusher. So I, I, I kind of like what they did. All right. Uh, you know, I thought it was an okay draft. You look, the Caleb Farley pick, we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, I, I think the upside there is tremendous. And if you love that player, you know, hey, he, he could turn out to be a great catch for them. You know, I, I do like the Dylan Randoon's pick. This really feels like, uh, oh, man, we whiffed so hard on Isaiah Wilson last year. So, you know, I think the Randoon's pick was, uh, okay, fine, let's make up for that huge whiff on Isaiah Wilson last year in the first. So I'm fine with that. You know, the Monty Rice pick, I think the value was right. I just, you know, I don't think the linebacker was a huge need for them. I know a lot of players, just a lot of teams stick to best player available, but you know, I'm just, I'm really surprised that they didn't take a receiver earlier. I think they yes. really need, I think they really needed to. They took Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville in the fourth round. You know, I, I was looking a lot at receivers because I had a feeling the Jets might take one. I mean, this guy wasn't like in the top 30 of yeah. receivers that were expected to be drafted. So I thought that was an enormous reach. I, I don't have high hope for him at all. So I think they just kind of had this huge hole at receiver. I, I just feel like the Monty Rice pick was a, a luxury pick when there were probably other players on the board that they could have used. Did he go so before? I, he didn't know. He, he didn't go before Terrace Marshall, did he? 
I don't think so. I think Terrace Marshall, when he went to the Panthers, was 70-something overall. They should address the receiver position. I, I had them take Terrace Marshall in the first round. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think there were a lot of, you, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, not just on Twitter, but he was apparently going to the front office, going to the coach saying, please take Elijah Moore. They, they played together at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a great compliment for A.J. Brown. I'm glad the Jets got him, but uh, yeah, I, I think the Titans really could use a receiver. They took a big chance on Farley, but it's the first round, and he's that kind of talent you want to take a chance on. So, you know, I'm fine with it. B-minus-ish. What'd you give them? I did say that uh, if Julio Jones did get traded, it wasn't going to be until after the draft. And I know A.J. Brown has been lobbying for that one, too. That would be interesting. Would you would you grade them? Uh, I wish they went – They I wish they addressed the receiver position. Um Dra- drafting Caleb Farley with your first first round pick is a uh, it's a risk. So I gave them a C plus. All right, I think that's fair. I thought they had a better draft as I was talking about it, but after you mentioned the receiver, which I completely forgot about, it kind of made me think twice about it. And then with the risk in the first round, it's kind of where I came up with that. So, look, that does it for the AFC. Who's Here's who I have as strong drafts. I got the Jets. I got the Chiefs. I got the Broncos, the Browns, and the Ravens. So, that's actually a lot of teams that I thought drafted really well there. Who's your favorite draft? If you can't say the Steelers, I'm going to just take that away no, from I you. Won't, I won't. And so, you can't say the Steelers. Who's your favorite draft in the AFC? Oof, this is tough. Uh, probably the Texans. Because <laughs> yeah. it makes me laugh. Oh, God, that made me laugh that so count? hard. Uh, no, that, was my, saying, that was my favorite in that direction. I would say it's a tie between the Jets and the Chiefs. That's what I have. I have. I, I, I didn't know if I was being too much of a homer with the Jets. To me, it's like the, you got four contributors in your first four picks that are going to contribute a lot, so I love it. But the Chiefs, if, if I look at Orlando Brown as their first-round pick, oh, God, it's hard not to give them the best draft in the AFC. So kudos, Chiefs. The rich get richer, as they say. Uh, all right, I got two teams here on the bottom for the AFC. I have the Houston Texans, and I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Who are you giving the toilet trophy to? Come on. Just crown them. I mean, I mean it's not even it's, close. It's the Texans. It's the Texans. You guys suck. What is wrong with you? What are you doing? So Texans, congratulations! You have the worst they, draft they, in the they AFC. Can't get anything right. Yeah, and you had the worst draft in the NFL. Spoiler alert! Before you get three to our NFC, Nico Collins. Nico you're taking a quarterback next year. What are you taking a quarterback for? Like the they got round? together and discussed that they really wanted to get this guy in the third round. God, like I, hope a, I hope he's a superstar. And we're that right happened. Around. Like they got together and said, okay, what do you want? For this? <laughs> we have a lot of holes. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. All right, well, that'll do it for the AFC. We're going to come back uh, real soon with the NFC and wrap up the draft. And then, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. We'll talk about the best draft in the entire league. But uh, we already spoiled who the worst draft was in the entire league. So that is that. AFC NFL draft app done. We out. Dude, you got a plug? Oh, I got a plug. You're right. 
hit me up if you disagree on Twitter at NA footballers or hit us up on Instagram at new age footballers, Texans fans. I dare you come at me, bro. I am so pumped to go and talk to you about this terrible draft. I kind of want to go on Texans. They don't have any fans. But but somewhere there's got to be a forum of like all seven of them talking to each other. Like their ring of honor guys. I mean, I didn't get to say in the intro, you know, to shout out the dozens and dozens of fans we have. We may have more fans than the Houston Texans. We probably do. We, we, We just might. So, all right. Now the plugs are in and now we out. Peace.